What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce Rip 229, a rabbit hole recap. Great rip. Good times were had. We like to think good advice was given. Conversations dissected. Topics of the week in Bitcoin and beyond. I think you freaks are going to like it. If you do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast. Review the podcast. It goes a long way. We love you, freaks. We hope you love us. If you're getting value out of this, you're not participating in Value for Value, Podcasting 2.0, you want to do us a favor. Doing all those things really goes a long way. This rip was brought brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're right down the hall from me here at the Bitcoin Commons in Austin, Texas. And they're here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. If you're looking to hold Bitcoin, in multi-sig vault, in a multi-sig wallet. You're afraid to do it by yourself. Unchained is here. They have a two or three multi-sig vault, which you hold two keys. Unchained has one. They have an incredible concierge team that's going to walk you through the process of setting it up, how it works, what you should do with your hardware wallets and your, your seed backups, good strategies. They're going to get you comfortable, and they're going to set you up. You'll have a two or three multi-sig cold storage wallet that you can send sats to and... and have peace of mind knowing that you don't have any single points of failure and you have somebody there to hold your hand. If you want to buy Bitcoin straight into that multi-sig cold storage, they have a trading desk now. You buy Bitcoin via Unchained's trading desk. It doesn't sit on Unchained at all. You buy it and go straight into you, your multi-sig cold storage. Let's go check this out at Unchained.com. Peep their concierge team. Peep their trading desk. Unchained.com. This trip is also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains. One of my favorite mining companies in the space. Team behind Brains Pool. The oldest pool in existence. The first pool in existence. The team behind Brains OS Plus firmware. Auto-tuning firmware, which allows you to uh, download a new firmware. It's not stock firmware on certain ASICs, and it's going to make your ASIC more efficient. It's going to allow you to produce more hashes because the auto-tuning firmware finds the higher producing chips and focuses on those. Uh, and that is going to help you stack more sats. If you have an ASIC that's compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware, you're not using it. You're an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Download the firmware. Uh, they also have Brains Insights, which is a one-stop shop for all the data you need on the mining industry. Pools, hash rate, difficulty, Difficulty adjustments, profitability calculators, all that jazz on insights.brains.com. Go to brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com to check all of this out. B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. This was also brought to you by our good friends at HODL HODL. HODL HODL is here to bring you a peer-to-peer lending platform with no KYC, no AML, leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties, and has lower rates than other lenders on the market. So what you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a two or three multi-sig escrow account, you hold one key, your counterparty in the loan, the lender holds one key, and Hada Hada holds the third key. Uh, the beauty of this setup is, though you can't move the fund, since you have one key in that two or three multi-state quorum, you have visibility into the collateral account throughout the duration of the loan so that you know your sats aren't moving and being lent out like other bad actors in the space have done and blown up doing so this year. It's impossible with Hada Hada. Uh, you get stable coins in return for that collateral, and as long as you pay that, loan down the principal plus the interest associated with it. You're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. Again, no KYC, no AML, 
peer-to-peer uh, lower rates. Lend.hodlhodl.com. L-E-N-D.hodlhodl. H-O-D-L. H-O-D-L.com. This writ was also brought to you by our good friends at Blockstream, who had the Jade Wallet. Jade Wallet is a very cheap device. You're going to get 15% off if you use the code FREAKS to get the Jade Wallet. I've got to uh, pull up something here. I have something new I have to mention. <laughs> so they just released an update to the Jade firmware enabling people to sign air gap transactions with that We'd like to let you know that it's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin and Bitcoin layer two assets on liquid, such as stable coins. Blockstream Jade houses a camera and a full color 2240 by 135 pixel 16 bit display, allowing for fully air gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device to sign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Manage your assets from mobile or desktop with Jade compatible wallets, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum and Sparrow. Go to blockstream.com slash jade wallet. Use the code freaks. You're going to get 15% off. It's a great deal on an already cheap device. Ding, ding, ding. We mentioned in this episode, but we have two new sponsors of Rabbit Hole Recap that are starting this week, December 1st, 2022. And that first is our good friends at CoinKite. You guys know them. They make this thing. If you're not watching on video, I'm pointing at my Block Clock Mini. It's a beautiful thing. They make this thing. It's a Block Clock Micro. If you're listening and not watching, I'm holding up a box which has a Block Clock Micro in it. These are beautiful hardware devices that allow you to keep track of everything going on within the Bitcoin network. You pick stats and it shows them. On top of that, they are the creators of the Cold Card MK4, which is the best hardware wallet in the space. You can use it with an SD card or NFC air gap. It has two secure elements, a transparent case, source viewable. Uh, they also have the tap signer, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, it's a low-cost NFC-based signing device. Right now it's compatible with Nunchuck. That's what I've been using it with. It's a really cool device that really changes the design landscape of, of private key management. Again, NFC-enabled. And then they have the Sats card and Open Dime, which are great gifts. <laughs> If you want to give them out at a wedding, a birthday party, you load them up with sats. The sats card is NFC enabled. Uh, the other open dime is USB enabled. Sats cards are great, great gifts too. You tap the back of your phone, you click the, the link to the web browser, then boom, uh, an, an address pops up. You load that address up, you, hold, you hand on the sats card to somebody, and then if they want to sweep the funds, there's directions on how to do so on the back of the card. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. Shout out to CoinKite. I got to make sure we go to their right website. I think it's CoinKite.com. They have so many so many URLs. It is CoinKite.com. Go to CoinKite.com. Check out everything. The block clocks, the cold cards, the sack cards, the tap signers, the open dimes. Beautiful hardware for Bitcoiners who want to be sovereign. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends, iVPN. It's another great service. We talk about VPNs here a lot. If you're looking to increase your privacy as you um, scour the web, iVPN is a high-performance VPN service that accepts Bitcoin, both Lightning and on-chain using BTC Pay Server. 
It has hosted VPNs. Uh, hosted VPNs provide users protection from their internet provider spying on their traffic and protect user IP addresses from the websites they visit. It's open source. It's easy to use. And it's for all devices. If you have your laptop, your phone, you can use it on both. Servers are self-hosted. They use bare metal. They control their servers. They're not using any, any cloud servers. They're located all around the world, and users can select which ones they want to use. VPNs inherently require trust, but iVPN has a no-logging policy and has regular independent security audits. They also do no KYC. You don't need an email to sign up. This is very good for privacy as well. So go to ivpn.net. Spend some sats on a VPN. It's very important. It's a credible product. I've been using it. Enjoy this rip. Dickie. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. I just, I just want to be clear. I don't think the bottom's in yet. I also don't think the bottom's in. Why did you, Marty, why did you want to name the episode that? Marty, why, why, <laughs> why do you get unilateral control over the tweets? Uh, it came from your account. You don't think the bottom's in, Marty? Let's get you on the record saying you don't think the bottom's in. Bottom's not in. It really doesn't matter because I'm all all in anyway. <laughs> like, just stay humble, stack sets. Agreed. No, this, uh, some clickbait. <laughs> Matt jokingly said. Yeah, when I, jo- when I joined the call, I told Marty that we should hit it with some clickbait. And then he did the, like the classic kindergartner move, which he's like, oh, I'll talk to the teacher. I'll talk to the teacher. And then he goes up to the teacher. Matt wanted me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you collected the homework yet? <laughs> bottom might be in. The bottom might not be in. But either way, I know I stacked the bottom. Whether it's in already or whether it will be in, I will stack it. Stacking every day. Sat streams. It's a good thing to have in a bear market. Yeah, bottom could be in, could not be in. Who knows? Nobody knows. Anyone who pretends to know is full of shit. This is titled on YouTube, the uh, the bankruptcies and executive departures right. continue. Oh, so to the people that don't know, because it's also titled that on the podcast feed, Marty sent out the tweet for the live stream and it says, Rabbit Hole Recap 229 is live. Odell wanted to name this rip. The bottom is in. And I told him no. Join us. <laughs> uh, just some fun on a Thursday. We're back on a Thursday. Were we Friday last week? We were. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, it was Thanksgiving. Seems like so long ago. Yeah. Did you get your Christmas tree yet? We have not. We have I love how the freaks dragged you into my Christmas tree tweet. I mean, plastic trees are a shit coin. And I know. Imagine trying to... How can you argue otherwise? I, I don't know. They thought they were going to split us on that one. We're very very strongly aligned on... I was like, there is no way Marty disagrees <laughs> with me on this. I just waited to see what you said. Yeah, I'm not going to put no a matter, 
No matter which way you went on it, though, I was going to respond because uh, plastic trees are a psyop. But. Yeah. There's no way I'm putting a 5G super router in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, freaks. Think. I, definitely, I, I get the argument that if money is tight, you don't want to get a real Christmas tree. But then, like, then don't even get a fake Christmas tree. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Whole, whole is, a fake Christmas, is a plastic Christmas tree better than no tree? Ooh. Yeah, I, I think so. For the symbolism of and the spirit of the holiday. What the... about a picture of a tree? <laughs> like a painting. You have to pay for that too. Yeah, but it's it's like a fake tree. You pay for it once. Yeah, I think you'd, I'd rather pay for a fake tree than a, a picture of a tree. Given <laughs> you can still put presents choice. under it. <laughs> yeah. We have not gotten our tree yet, but if you're looking for cheap trees, we usually pick ours up at Whole Foods, and they have good good trees. We go to Home Depot. Home Depot. Yeah, our tree was, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but it was $80 for a very large tree. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, they, sometimes they go for like a buck fifty. Yeah, I mean, last year, last year was our first year in Nashville, and we tried to do like all the local tree places. You know, like where they just put them on the side of the street. And they were all fucking ripoffs. They were complete ripoffs. It was like $160 for like a tree that was shorter than me. Yeah. Um, and then we finally were like, oh, let's go to Home Depot. Because we wanted to shop local, right? Like It's like, oh, we'll shop local. We'll get a better deal. We finally go to Home Depot. And Home Depot had way better tree selection at like half the price, quarter of the price. So this this year we just went to Home Depot in and out, 15 minutes. Um. Man, in the I... past, when we were in New York, we would go to like direct to the tree farms and then you would like take a chainsaw and like cut the tree yourself. That was fun. We did that growing up in Philly. But in New York, when we were in Brooklyn, we would just walk to the Whole Foods on, was that a fourth in Bedford? I would feel like a badass. I'd put the tree on my shoulder and walk it to our apartment. Just strutting down the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matt and I. Big supporters of of large corporations to buy our Christmas trees, Whole Foods and yeah. Home Depot. Sorry, freaks. Yeah, I think Home Depot Home Depot is basically a small business compared to Amazon, though. Yes, it's a ni nice, humble local small business, Home Depot. But compared to your local side of the street, Christmas tree symposium, whatever they Sym are, <laughs> the the Christmas tree hawkers. Like they're just like as people make yelling bank. at you. They make bank. Yeah. Are we, are we destroying the environment with our Christmas trees? The best was uh, Steve Barber's Christmas tree last year. Remember that? The Asics. Yeah. Well, it was like Asics connected to a generator, right? Yeah, and it had a generator had like a flame coming out the back end. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty badass, Steve. Steve's been on a like an AI generated art tip. I actually reached out to him, like, where are you producing this? I think I'm gonna experiment with it a little bit. I've been producing some good images. And then Jaeger, is that how you pronounce his name? He's been, Who? Um Yost? No. He did one of you, he did one of me. My forehead looks like a ten head. Oh, uh, Yegor Petrov? Yes. 
I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably butchered it too. Are those are those prompt based ones too? I'm pretty sure. I think prompt based with a helper of an actual. You image can of like us. submit. You can start with an image and submit an image to start. Yes. You look pretty jacked in yours. It's the future. It is. Mm-hmm. Actually, I put that. I put the topic on on the list. We'll get to it towards the end. But it is pretty crazy the advancements in the AI. Whether it's like the generated art or the generated prompts. I'm not sure if you saw the prompts that have been coming out today. I had a freak tell me that he takes my like my old banger tweets from like 2018, 2019, 2020, and then submits them into AI and then it generates new fresh tweets off of my Holy shit. style. It's gonna get weird, freaks. There's going to be like AI generated rabbit hole recap competitors that, that use us to compete against us. No, it's just going to be us. One day you're going to think we're recording week in and week out and we're going to be productive otherwhere, uh, uh, in other places and just streaming you guys the AI version. <laughs> Are we going to rug pull it? Are we going to tell them it's happening? No. Maybe it's happening right now. You never know, freaks. This could be a deep fake. Just kidding. We're not going to rug you like that. You can you can tell it hasn't happened yet because most of them are like pretty cocked and you can't curse, so you can't say like fuck on them. So that's I guess that's our. Was it a Warren Canary? What's it? Yeah, once 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 we stop cursing on the show, you know. You know we've rugged you. Yeah, we're on a beach, enjoying the ocean. All right, let's jump into it. Listen to that. <laughs> This isn't that big today, but I have a feeling we can riff on a lot of this stuff. There's a lot going on. Freaks in the comments. If you think the bottom's in, say bottom is in. If you think the bottom isn't in, say bottom isn't in. Oh, let me get the let me get the live chat up to see if. Uh... I don't know. It's just fun. Price price doesn't matter, but it's fun. It's fun speculation. Dylan LeClaire posted um, that the CME futures are trading lower than spot Bitcoin price. That shows like a like a fiat short squeeze because like uh, CME futures are based in in fiat, so people can use dollars. They they can short Bitcoin without owning Bitcoin, and it's a lower price. So I responded back with hashtag Sat Squeeze. Do you remember hashtag Sat Squeeze from twenty twenty one? Oh yes. So then I clicked hashtag sad squeeze. Holy shit, dude. 2021 was fucking lit. <laughs> it was so fucking lit. I forgot. I didn't forget, but like it was a blast from the past. Just search, go into Twitter and search hashtag sad squeeze and just scroll through those tweets. Like, oh my God. It was a, I'm looking forward to running that back. Yeah. The bull markets are certainly fun. How do we, preemptively humble our future selves for the next bull, bull market. I'm just going to keep trying to repeat stay humble stack stats every morning to try and stay humble. That's the strategy. Like people think there's like some crazy motive to that. It's like I say it to myself every morning. It's just as useful to me. If I, t- if I have to manually type it out, it like helps. Matt's Twitter is the man that walked behind Alexander the Great and said, you are only a man. You are only a man. <laughs> Everyone like everyone loves saying to me like oh like oh that guy's such a fucking asshole like he always says stay humble he's not humble at all it's like never claim to be humble I just try my best <laughs> like this is the goal 
At least you're aware. Didn't, didn't get wrecked on FTX. Humble yeah. enough for that. Yeah. Neither did I. BlackRock did, though. $24 million. One of their fund of funds. Oh. Largest asset manager in the world. Great due diligence process they have there. All right, let's jump into it. According to Clark's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin right now, 16,934 cuck bucks. One cuck buck is going to get you 5,905 sats. We're sitting at a 325.5 billion cuck buck market cap. We're at block height 765,505, which means we are 62 blocks away from a palindrome block. 62 blocks. 620 I'm sorry, I'm minutes. Laughing. I'm laughing at the live chat. What are they saying? Bitcoin and Clyde. I'm humble and I stack sats. Odell. <laughs> I like uh, bottom is in but four years crab market from Yada. Kind of relate to that. Could see we'll that see. happening. Or could we could just shoot the fuck up? I don't know. I'm not predicting shit. What's I would the, love to see a sat squeeze. I think the... Con- Census in the chat is that the bottom it isn't in squeezing out the bottom is in in the uh the rough voting consensus of the live don't, chat don't short bitcoin the latest difficulty retarget estimate which will be the next adjustment will be happening in 575 blocks estimated to be on December 5th which is Monday it's negative 7.7%, a downward adjustment. Block's been coming in at 10 minutes and 50 seconds. On average, uh, this is down slightly. It's hard when it's negative and you're trying to say it's down slightly. It's actually up slightly. It's less negative than it was earlier this week. At one point a couple days ago, it was predicting a downward adjustment of around 11%. Obviously, the price has hopped up around $17,000, so... Um, Miners may turn their machines back on, adding to hash rate. There are currently 9,245 transactions in Clark's mempool. And Samurai Whirlpool, new rabbit hole recap, all-time high. 5,962.54 Bitcoin, $101 million on the dots in unspent value. And that is the Clark Moody dashboard update of the week another thing we don't have on the list but i want to mention it and we were talking about hash rate difficulty and the adjustment that's coming on monday is there was a story i believe that emanated from russia a lot of people have been speculating where is all this hash rate that has been coming on in the last six months coming from and there was an article i don't have it at my fingertips out of russia it basically said due to sanctions low energy prices um, there's a lot of people out there that think a lot of hash rates have been coming from Russia from individuals uh, not sure if they, they included the Russian government as contributing to that but uh, a lot of people think a lot of people are turning on ASICs in, in Russia or have been over the last six months it doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise me either I'm surprised it took so long Maybe it's been happening this whole time. Makes sense. Uh, speaking about making sense, 
this was a terrible segue because I really don't have anything to add to the back of that. But the first item we have on our list is El Salvador's Bitcoin Treasury lacks transparency. This was reported in Yeah. So uh they he he doesn't um I think it was a block article. He doesn't he he never actually like Bukele, like the way people know how much Bitcoin El Salvador supposedly owns is through his tweets. Like when he tweets out like I bought Bitcoin, like everyone just like writes down like the price he paid and the amount. There's no like El Salvador government website or something that lists how much Bitcoin they own and like their price, let alone, you know, what the addresses are. Um, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm in the block article right now. It says, since making cryptocurrency legal tender last year, the country has failed to officially declare any of its holdings and now likely has unrealized paper losses with Bitcoin's price drop of about 71% over the past year. The public has had to rely on President Nayib Bukele's word, or more specifically his tweets, to find out when he's buying Bitcoin, how much, and at what price. Mario, did you buy a new laptop? No, why? Oh. One of the freaks thought it was a new laptop. Yeah, so we don't, like, I think, you know, Bitcoin represents, like, he can do whatever he wants to do. Uh, I'm not a Salvadoran citizen, so, like, I really, you know, my opinion doesn't really matter here. But but Bitcoin is a unique asset in that you it, it can be extremely transparent. It's radically transparent if you want it to be. And, you know, for the first country that's that's vocally holding Bitcoin in their national treasury. Like it'd be, it'd be great if we had more transparency on it. Like it'd be great. I, I think Salvadoran people should, should be wanting more transparency on it. Uh, you know, how much Bitcoin they have. They could have like, you could imagine like a very simple website that just has like a live chart that shows their Bitcoin holdings and you know, their, their cost basis on the Bitcoin holdings and their returns. And ideally, you know, some kind of cryptographic proof of reserve you know that they're held on this address and and this is a signed cryptographic message of it um i think some people would say like oh also like how are they holding it are they holding it with a custodian is it in multi-sig uh, you know that can be more sensitive particularly if you're a government that is um not necessarily in the best graces with the american government the world police especially in latin america um so that could go neither here nor there, but some kind of you know transparency on actually the holdings would be would be nice to see. It's pretty crazy that, and, and the only reason I guess this came up is first of all the shitcoiners hate that Bukele started buying Bitcoin, so obviously that's why the block reported it. And then second of all, it came up because everyone's talking about proof of reserves for exchanges, and there was the fud that he was holding it on FTX, which he said he isn't wasn't. But well, according to the block article. Um, they requested this information in September. The block submitted a records request to El Salvador's development bank, Bandasal. In September, through a third party, the document included questions about Bitcoin purchases, current balances, wallet addresses, contractors, and exchanges it is used to purchase Bitcoin. The government denied the inquiry, saying that information was not public because it's related to the government trust fund and its funds were reserved information, citing an article in Bandasal's Laws that consider information about the bank's operations and funds to be confidential. 
Yeah, seems- so make a fucking exception. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like Bitcoin treasuries at this level, you would hope that it would set up like a transparent multi-sig. Not only should they be transparent with where the funds are on the ledger and what addresses, but there should be some controls about how those funds can be moved. There shouldn't be no single point of failure with a third-party custodian or a single key holder at that level. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, like Bukele also shouldn't be like holding it on his ledger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just got it. You just got it all in blue wallet. On a phone that he dropped in the ocean. Yeah. Didn't pack it up. You know, maybe they maybe they provide this stuff in the future. Stuff we'd like to see. But yeah, we really don't know. We can't know for sure whether or not they have actually been buying Bitcoin. We just have to tweets to go off of. Indeed. Um, before we continue, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, we're very excited to have two new partners on the show uh, supporting Rabbit Hole Recap. Um, one is IVPN. Uh, IVPN is a fantastic VPN service. Uh, it's part of my top two favorite VPN services with Mulvad. Um you freaks have heard us talk about both of them in the past. They accept Bitcoin. They use BTC pay server. It doesn't require an email. Um, obviously VPN services require trust, but, uh, they claim very strongly that they don't do logging. They have independent security audits in addition to that. And, uh, it's, it's a product that I use and love. It doesn't require KYC. Um, so I'm very excited for their support. I met uh, the COO of IVPN in Amsterdam, if you recall, um, and I asked him straight up if he was a spook and if he was logging, and he said no, which I also said on RHR. Then after I said that on RHR, I asked him if he'd like to sponsor, um, and he, he came in and, and wanted to support. I think we're the first podcast they've ever supported, so uh, kudos to him, and uh, I, I'm excited. I hope this is a very long-term partnership. I do think they support Seth on privacy as well. Oh yeah, so Seth was the one who told me because they also accept Monero. They do. They accept both Monero and Bitcoin, both in self-sovereign ways. So with Bitcoin, they use uh, BTC Pay, and um, with Monero, they I think they like rolled their own implementation because, like, I think BTC Pay you can use it with Monero, but it doesn't work well or something. Um, so they're the real deal. Uh, obviously, it still requires trust, um, but. If they end up rugging us, they'll rug me as well because I, I use IVPN now uh, instead of Mulvad. Um, so very excited about that. Yeah, and if you're listening on the podcast, you've already heard the ad by the time you heard me say this. Well, we may be able to consider this a mid-roll. I, I don't want it to be considered a mid-roll. Uh, I'm just excited. It's a disclosure. This is a disclosure. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I think it should be mentioned because I'm, I want us to be as transparent as possible with Rabbit Hole Recap, and this is the first time their ad is running. Um, but it's something we've been excited about for a while. Yeah. Um, Again, no emails. Uh, all servers managing the IVPN services are self-hosted and operated by IVPN. So they're not using yeah, they use bare metal sources. servers. They're not using like clouds, you know, like the corporate cloud servers. And they're located everywhere. Like you can use their open source app or you can use uh, one of the other, you know, popular open source VPN apps and connect in through them. Pick your server, pick where you want to be based. Yeah, yeah just really great product. 
happy to have them on board. And uh, the second one is a company that you all know very well. Uh, it's a a it's CoinKite. So we we finally <laughs> brought we finally brought CoinKite on board, and uh, very excited about that as well. Uh, for years, I have told NVK that I refuse to have them be a sponsor of the podcast because it is my favorite hardware wallet. And I know the haters are going to accuse me of pay to play and only saying it's my favorite hardware wallet because of that. Um, so I always push back on that. But it turns out the haters will still accuse you of getting secretly paid by CoinKite. So we might as well just bring it out in the open. <laughs> And take his money. And also, I was doing Bitcoin not review with him anyway as a co-host, you know. So all the haters were were blaming us anyway, and we weren't taking his money. So I figured, let's just take it. Uh, we have the block clock behind us anyway in the background, and I really do recommend the cold card. I think everyone should get a cold card. And uh, yeah, if, if we get rugged on that, also I will get rugged on that. We'll get rugged together, and it just goes in the trend of. You know, trying not to have KYC sponsors, um, trying to have partners that are ideologically aligned with us. Yeah, the, Marty's got the the block clock micro there. It just so happens um, this is the, I bought this, so um, this was this is not free with the ad deal. But yeah, the micro is cool, cool tool too. Marty's such a horrible businessman. He bought that even though he could have gotten one included. New sponsors. But yeah, very excited. Very excited. Shout out to IVPN and CoinKite. Big fans of both products. Only try to partner with, with brands that we like, that we use. We've made some mistakes in the past. We've tried to write those mistakes, be open with it. We will always be transparent and open with you freaks. And we'll always be critical of our sponsors. I think we have been in the past. The haters pretend we haven't because they like taking things out of context. But we'll always, um, we'll always, just because someone someone pays us for a sponsorship does not mean we will will not be. If anything, we're harder on our sponsors. I think, I, th I think history has shown that over the last four plus years. Yes, yes, it has. While we're on this topic, and since Queen Kite uh, is a, a topic of discussion right now. We'll get to another item on the list, which is a new site that CoinKite launched, which is Binary Watch uh, Hub, which tracks popular Bitcoin software. Um, this is awesome. And allows you to, you, know, you just get a consolidated list of different software projects and the PGP keys that you can use to verify that you're actually downloading code from, from these teams and these projects. Yeah, so good software. Uh, oh, I see... Uh, I see, I see someone, uh, oh, Vake, ride or die freak Vake, saying Seed Signer Maxi is mad. Um, I love the Seed Signer project. I think the Seed Signer project is great. If you're in the Nashville area, we're doing a Seed Signer workshop at Bitcoin Park December 10th. Um, definitely come, come for that. Uh, also, as Vake knows, because he's a ride or die podcasting 2.0 freak uh, for both this show and uh, Citadel Dispatch, um, with Citadel Dispatch, we actually have like a reverse sponsorship going on with Seed Signer, where if you if you stream Sats to Citadel Dispatch, uh, one percent all goes straight to Seed Signer. Um, so yeah, open source projects obviously cannot sponsor shows, but shows can sponsor them using Podcasting 2.0, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting Keith from Seed Signer in person the other week. They did a Seed Signer workshop here at the Commons last week or the week before. 
uh, was finally able to shake Keith's hand in person. He's great. When he came to Miami, uh, he wore a shirt with his dog on it. Do you remember that? Yes. And uh, he was on the open source stage, and I was sitting in the front row watching all the open source content. Um, and uh, he's at the end of the talk. He's like stood at the front of the stage, like, "Look, Matt, I told you I was gonna wear I was gonna wear a shirt with my dog." I love that dude. He's a great dude. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to uh, binary watch. Uh, this is really cool. So all all good software, all responsible software maintainers should have a known GPG public key. This public key PGP. works like. Well, GPG is like the open source implementation of PGP. They're cross, they work together. You, you can use either. Uh, but most people nowadays use GPG because it's the open source version. Um, but like I said, they're cross compatible. So they have the GPG key. It's a public key. Everyone knows it's attached to them. Like a Bitcoin public key, they can sign messages and files that you can cryptographically verify that they signed it without them exposing their private key, the private portion of that key pair. So when 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 maintainers release software releases, whether it's Bitcoin Core or Sparrow Wallet, they release it, they release the binary, they release that app file signed by their key, by their GPG or PGP key. And a user can self-verify them it themselves and they should verify it themselves. Like when I download new software, I go and I, I go into the command line and I go GPG verify and I verify that app file to make sure that the maintainer signed that. And why do you do that? You do that because there is an attack vector where someone compromises their website or someone compromises an app store and replaces that download file with a malicious version of the file. We've seen it happen before. So to, to prevent that, you want to check the verification. You want to check that signature verification. Now, the maintainer of the software can still fuck you, right? You're not protecting yourself from that because it's their key, right? So they can, they can package a release. But if you trust the maintainer, then you know there was no man in the middle that swapped out the file from what the maintainer posted. Um, so what this website does is it just automates that process. So in this case, you're trusting CoinKite to do it. Um, but you don't have to trust them if you verify it yourself. But it's nice because basically it's doing it automatically. And then if, if, if they notice that a file isn't checking right, like the, the verification isn't happening, they basically uh, alert. They send out an alert. You can follow them on Twitter. You can follow the website. They'll send out an alert. And at that point, essentially the maintainers are going to be basically rushing to make sure that that compromised file is removed from their website or removed from github and is and the correct file is put back up yeah this is a great project to see uh business on air show note i love no bullshit bitcoin but can we please just put the direct links in because I'm going yeah to i was i was uh i was lazy today um just click the link at the bottom so on by binarywatch.org right now projects include our bitcoin core uh block clock cold card uh, Blockstream Green, Join Market, LND, Sparrow, that was mentioned earlier. Uh, what else do we have here on the last page? Electrum and Wasabi. Yeah, so you can email them to add. I asked why there was no pull request, and he said, MVK, I don't know. MVK said, like, they, they want to, like, 
um, kind of control the process on on as people get added. So that like he said, so malicious act. I think he said so malicious actors don't like fuck around with it, but you can email them and they'll add your project. So do it. What do you mean by some malicious actors don't? Fuck I don't know. I haven't really followed through in the thought process. I'm not sure if that adds up. Like I feel like you should just be able to submit your your project, but you can just do it through email right now. He's iterating. It's very early in the. He's good at launching these sites. He's got BitcoinBinary.org. He's got the Treasury site. He's got the Derivation Pass site. That's that's actually one of the most useful sites. Um, what's, what is that one? I don't Wall- remember. WalletRecovery.org or something like that? Oh, I think that's what it is, yeah. Let's see. WalletRecovery.org. Yeah, so if you've spun up a wallet in the past and that project has not .org. Um, recovery.com. Is it .com? I don't think see. No. Um, so while Marty looks for it, I mean, the it's other thing of those is, websites. uh, while, uh, I see Vake commenting about BTC sessions has a GPG. Cause look at the end of the day, everyone should be verifying this shit themselves. Uh, it's good that there's like a almost like a watchtower yeah. for popular projects, but everyone should be verifying this stuff themselves. Um, a lot of the popular software in the Bitcoin space will actually walk you through. Like I think on Sparrow's website, it actually tells you how to do the verification if you've never done it before using the command line. But on Mac, uh, I know a lot of you, including Marty, are using Mac. Uh, there is a tool called gpg tools i think it's gpgtools.org which is like just a really nice uh app like so you don't have to use command line for managing your keys and managing software verification so if you're using mac you can just use that it's actually very very straightforward um just go to the website download it and start fucking around yes i gotta (sighs) do more of this i gotta do more of this i'm i'm trusting and not verifying a lot when i download software i'll Hold my hand up. The funny thing though is, if you're downloading GPG tools, you really should GPG verify it. Uh, <laughs> but you don't have to. You don't have to. It's fine. You uh, don't the, have to be perfect. Perfect is the enemy of good. Just do better. The correct uh, URL for wallets recovery is wallets plural recovery org, and this is just very helpful. So there's a lot of wallet softwares and hardware wallets that have come to market and have since been deprecated. And if you were an individual that created a private public key pair using that wallet software or that hardware wallet and uh, it no longer no longer exists and they were using a an odd derivation path um, and you're trying to recover those Bitcoin on uh, another wallet software and it's not recognizing uh, that you actually have Bitcoin because the derivation path that they use isn't the same. Walletsrecovery.org is a place you can go, find that derivation path, and then you just have to manually input that derivation path into that other wallet software so it can actually find where your Bitcoin is in that HD wallet. Um, we actually had, uh, we had, some, we, we had to solve this problem for somebody um, in October. Do you remember that? Were you involved in that conversation at all? Yes, 
I do remember that. Yeah. They like restored an Electrum and there was nothing there, right? Yeah. And they were using... Derivation pads, freaks. I think they were using Breadwild or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. BRD. BRD. Remember when Breadwild was like one of the best Bitcoin wallets available on mobile? It was on iPhone, right? That's why. They were the biggest sponsor of uh, Bitcoin 2019. And so was uh, the Lanyards was... Was it what drop bit? <laughs> yeah, they got in trouble. One of the first uh, user-friendly custodial lightning wallets, and then the founder was running the Helix Bitcoin mixer. Yes, and got arrested, and everyone got rugged. And then he was trying to blame his brother for stealing the funds or something like that. Oh, that was after he got arrested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The seized funds were—they didn't actually sweep the seized funds, and then his brother swept it after he was arrested. Yeah. Was it Larry Harmon? Might be. I think it was definitely Harmon. I'm not sure if it was Larry. Beware, freaks. Beware. But it's good to see. Shout out to MVK for putting out these sites. They're very useful, whether it be, um, what is it, BitcoinBinary.com. BinaryWatch.org. Binary, binary Bitcoin is not in the URL at all. We're, we're struggle bus. We're struggle busting a little bit this episode. I'm struggling. I was, I was out by the fire too late last night with my brother and a friend. I was having good conversations. There's nothing like a a nice outdoor fire on a brisk fall night in Austin, Texas. I like fires. I do too. I like your brother. He likes you, and he likes fires too. Moving on to the next topic on the list, major Bitcoin banking partner Prime Trust has fired its CEO, Tom Pagler, part of the reason why we named the episode What We Did. Another executive is leaving a prominent Bitcoin company, Prime Trust. For any of you who are unaware, is a big actor in the space. They are leveraged by a number of services that sell individuals Bitcoin and allow them to hold cash balances in their apps as well. Um, So this is... I don't know. How do you take the CEO leaving at this particular juncture? Bit unnerving. Yeah, I mean, Prime Trust is obviously has more attention on it because it's the back end of so many Bitcoin and quote unquote crypto services, including uh, Strike and Swan. Um, Seen our boy Alex of River on Twitter talking about how River and Cash App are the only ones that hold their own keys um, of the Bitcoin-only apps. In America, Bull Bitcoin does the same thing in Canada. Oh, right. And Bull Bitcoin is just by design non-custodial, which is awesome. Um, Look, I mean, if 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 you're using Swan or Strike, first of all, they're KYC services. So just remember that that record of you purchasing at that time is tied to your identity and your withdrawal addresses. Um, You should be withdrawing all the time, right? Swan has auto withdrawals. Uh, Strike has, you can use the pay button and you can just literally stack directly to cold storage with, with strike, or you can send out from the, from the buy tab. Um, You should be withdrawing as much as possible on the fiat side. I mean, the fiat side for any of these centralized things are always going to have counterparty risk, no matter what, by design. You can't have 
like fiat in a bank without counterparty risk. The thing about prime trust that a lot of people don't realize, and like, you know, this could age poorly and prime trust could fail. Uh, so <laughs> don't, don't Roger Veer video me. Uh, is they're, they're a regulated trust institution. So actually, they're supposedly holding like your assets are held one to one, like 100% reserve, like compared to something like Citibank that's like a 1% reserve. Zero percent. Um, yeah, like they have like no reserve holdings. They're just completely fractional reserves. So um, the actual trust setup for the fiat side, like, uh, I mean, obviously it's a counterparty risk. But anyway, any anyone we know who's like close to prime trust says that this was a, was, you know, independent of prime trust being in a bad situation. But in general, don't trust any custodians, hold your own keys. Uh, withdraw to self-custody. If you're not using self-custody, you don't actually own Bitcoin. You own an IOU. Yes. Make sure you're getting your sats off the exchange as often as possible. You want to hold it as little sats as little. You want to hold the least amount of sats possible on an exchange. Obviously, you want to be wise about UTXO management. You don't want to be sending like 10,000 sat UTXOs off an exchange. That's not great for UTXO management and spending in the future when a fee market uh, is is elevated compared to where it is today. Um, if. If. If when. Potentially. If not, you could be fined. So we have KV talking about... You mentioned auto withdrawals, but isn't it best to use a different receive address for each withdrawal? Yeah, so... Auto withdrawals specifically, hopefully Strike adds auto withdrawals soon. But on Swan, Swan is auto withdrawals enabled. You can do two different ways. You can give them a fixed reused address, which is not great for privacy. Anyone who's watching the chain knows that anything that goes to that fixed reused address is um, essentially the, the same person controls it. And if you like over time, like it becomes pretty obvious that someone's stacking to it, especially if you have any idea of what the prime trust clusters are. Um, you can, you know, this is someone stacking to this address and they're all controlled by the same person. Or you can do, you can upload an XPUB and then they take the next hundred addresses um, and they'll, they'll auto withdraw to a fresh address every time. Um, I like to see BIP47 reusable payment code so you don't have to upload an XPUB. Uh, if you upload an XPUB, it should be for a fresh wallet because they can see every address. They say they only take the top 100 addresses, but there's some trust there. They have an open source tool that does it, but no one's going to act. Most Swan users aren't verifying that. So use a fresh wallet, right? So like you have like a blue wallet on your phone or you get like a fresh hardware wallet um, that is like your quote unquote Swan wallet. And then all your withdrawals will just automatically go to fresh addresses on that wallet and you have it segregated. And then in general, look, I talk about the dangers of KYC all the time. I think people should avoid KYC as, as much as possible. I do have always historically had like this little carve out when it comes to actually onboarding in from your bank account. And the carve out relies on, on using CoinJoin afterwards. Uh, so it's like a one-way street. You go from your bank through one of these apps to your own wallet. Then you go, you use CoinJoin, you use Whirlpool, you use JoinMarket, um, and then you go to cold storage. And, and so, so 
there's trade-offs and nuances there, right? Like what situation are you in in that situation? You're in the situation where the service knows how much you bought, when you bought it, what your withdrawal address is. The service knows your full identification information. The service could get hacked. The service could get compromised. All that information could get released. It could get shared with the U.S. government or other governments. All of that is out there. But you're protected going forward um, because you used CoinJoin, right? It breaks the trail on chain for your future transactions and your real-time balances of your self-sovereign holdings. Um so that, that is a trade-off. Everyone needs to be aware of that. Um, but in that situation, to me, and like I've had, I've had Samurai on the pod on on Dispatch, and we talked about it. Um, to me, that's kind of similar to withdrawing from an ATM, right? You withdraw from an ATM, the bank knows your full ID, they know everything about you. But they know, like, okay, you withdrew four hundred dollars in cash, but they don't know where you spent the cash going forward. Now, if you're, if everyone has different threat models, right? The difference here would be that because you use the KYC service, you're a known Bitcoiner. Uh, well, there's very, there's not that many of us. Um, but if you're already a known Bitcoiner, then maybe that trade-off makes sense for you. Uh, but I, I think the number one thing is that people should be aware of, of the trade-offs and they, should, they can make their own decision. Um, yeah. Yeah, agree. Another area to be cognizant of all this too is if you're mining. So, for example, I mine. I use Brains Pool. You don't have to KYC to be on the pool, but the way they have it set up is when you withdraw, when you do a payout off of the pool to a wallet that you control. The way they have it set up is you can only use one address. And so, what I like to do is after every payout gets sent to that address you just create a new wallet with a fresh address so brains isn't sending to the same address every time it takes a little work it's a bit manual um but if you're on top of it you're not giving them an xpub uh, and you're not sending sats to the same address every time yeah i would like them to add bit 47 payment codes uh as well uh with the most common everyone a lot of people know them as paynims uh but paynims are really just a user readable uh, name that's attached to a Bit47 payment code. So you can do the auto withdrawals to new addresses. I know Lincoln Pool, which is a, a very small pool, offers that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I personally think people, I think every spend should be a coin join, right? So I think uh, if you, even if you're getting from a mining pool, you should be using coin join. Um, yeah. I think it's, you should just always and and coin join to the freaks that aren't aware is a collaborative Bitcoin transaction where you're doing a non-custodial send transaction with multiple other people. Uh, so it, it makes that probability analysis that these chain surveillance mercenaries use to track us. Um, it breaks that probability analysis. Yeah, that's why I was actually tweeting about Sparrow and wrote about it earlier this week is because I was doing some of my mining UTXO management using Sparrow in there. Sparrow is fucking amazing. I dude, there was a bunch of us Sparrow stands that were just we have this group chat that were just like laughing at you saying uh, <laughs> uh Marty congratulated uh Craig Raw and team, but it's really just Craig. I know. I went I went well I wanted to I just wanted to make sure I went to the GitHub page and saw there was many contributors. So I didn't check the activity. Dude, there were so uh, many funny memes in the group chat. It was like uh <laughs> 
there was like a whole team, like a picture of like a stock photo, a picture of a team. It was just Craig Raw was the face of every single team member. <laughs> shout out to Craig. It's in a, I, I mean, let's give a Sparrow shout out here. It is. If you're doing UTXO management, it is the best software I've come into contact with in terms of actually making it easy to make sure that you're transacting as privately as possible and are labeling your UTXOs. And obviously they have a Whirlpool um, implementation as well. Um, and so you can coin join right in, in the software and the desktop app. And that's one question I have though. Like it, it seems like it's hard to get past one mix in Sparrow. Do you have any, any color there? So the way Whirlpool works is your mixes, first of all, I hate that they call them mixes, but me and Samurai guys disagree on this, so they like calling them mixes. But um, the, the mixes don't go consecutively. Once you're, in, once you're in the liquidity pool, you are randomly selected going forward. So you have to leave it open. Um, you have to leave it open. It's, it's better to be on a desktop and leave it open 24 seven. Um, and then you will get, then you will get into additional rounds, but it's worth, it's worth noting that like the way it's set up since they're all equal outputs, um, every round in Whirlpool requires three existing liquidity people that were already in the liquidity pool. So it tries to favor remixes, right? And as a result, what that means is um, even if you don't get a remix, hopefully some of the people that are in your set of five that were in are getting remixes. So actually, even if you don't get a remix, and I know exactly who is going to probably flame me on Twitter for this, uh, your anonymity set increases because the probability of which UTXO is yours uh, increases if someone that was part of your coin join goes forward. Now, one more time. Shinobi going to come after you? How do you know? If, if uh, Whirlpool, <laughs> if, if, if you use Whirlpool without your own node, then you are trusting Samurai with your privacy because you're using Samurai's node. But if you use Whirlpool without your own node, on if you, that's if you're using Samurai Wallet. If you use Whirlpool without your own node on Sparrow, you are trusting one of the four Electrum servers that he has blessed. It's like MZ, Blockstream. Uh, who the, there's, he like picked four Electrum servers that you can choose from, or you can add a separate Electrum server. But anyway, you should use it with your own node. Um, and the more people that use it with their own node, the better it is for everyone who's using it with their own node. Yes. Uh, because you don't want a majority of the people using it. Basically, you don't want a majority of the people using it to be using it with Samurai's node because then they have an amazing image of how the transactions are going through. This is all has a lot of nuance. Also, you, you shouldn't be using it if you don't trust who's running the coordinator period for either because for either Whirlpool or Wasabi because the, the, the civil protection is based on paying the coordinator. That is what protects you from a civil attack. Um, and 
and Sybil attacks are essentially flooding the round with your own outputs. Like I flood the rounds with my Bitcoin and then I can process and eliminate who the other people are because I'm the majority of Bitcoin. The way that's avoided is the coin join fee itself. Um, in a high fee environment, it could be the minor fee, but we haven't been in a high fee environment. So it's not the minor fee. It's the coin join fee to the coordinator. And because the coordinator is the one getting paid that fee, you don't have civil resistance against the coordinator. Um, yeah. So be aware freaks. It's not, it's not like none of the shit's black and white freaks. Like if you're using a KYC service, I think it's just, I think you should use, I think you should use CoinJoin. And I think even if the coordinator is fucking with you, you're still in a better situation than if you didn't, because at least then the KYC provider and the CoinJoin service has to collaborate with each other to, to track you, right? Yes. They have to work together. It takes two people, it takes two entities to fuck you instead of one entity. Yeah, we need. I love that these solutions are out there. And I think anybody building these solutions would agree with me. Things can get better in many different ways. Yeah, we made a lot of improvements. It will get better. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think part of like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough being. Um, look, I, I, I just want to be absolutely clear, like not trying to mislead anybody about any of this shit that we talk about. We just try our best to be as transparent as possible. Sometimes it means that we end up down very long rabbit hole where it sounds really complicated. Um, sometimes it means we miss it. Yeah. We miss like a piece of nuance somewhere. Um, you know, influencers, you know, they lack integrity and they'll just tell you something just straight up, boom, done, concise. Uh, but that's because they just missed all the trade-offs. So, Yeah. We're going to try and go through all the nuance that we, that we can here. So, but yeah, back to the original point, Sparrow's a great, whether Sparrow's you're whirlpooling, awesome. whether you're whirlpooling you or, not. or not. Yeah. And it's great for multi-sig. It's got a really great interface for multi-sig. You can use it with a hot wallet. You can use it. Um, you, you can use it with any of the hardware wallets. Like it just has like a nice little drop down menu with like pictures. Like, the UX is fantastic. Um, you can get... easily use it with your own Electrum server. You can use it with your own Bitcoin core node. You can use it with one of the trusted Electrum servers. They give you a lot of options. You can. It has native Tor built in. You can just paste an Electrum Tor address in and it'll connect to your remote Tor node. It's fucking fire. Yeah, and then on top of that, they have good fee estimation and visualization tools and then like good chain analysis too. You can see the flow of your transactions. Um, yeah, he gives you like this little visualizer of what your UTXOs will look like when before you click send. Yeah, it's really cool. Shout out to Craig. Sparrow's another one that like dispatches a sponsor of Sparrow. Like he's part of the split. Boss. Boss, boss. Um, moving on. I think we talked about this last Friday, but it doesn't hurt to go over it again. BTC Pay Server version 1.7.0 has been released. It's a pretty big update considering that they've added um, a new way of doing 
unified QR for on-chain and Lightning. So I guess they've implemented BIP21. So you'll get a just one QR code. You point your phone at it or your wallet at it. Yeah, if you're using a hardware wallet with a QR code uh, with a camera on it, it'll, <laughs> it'll discern f- whether you're trying to spend from a Lightning wallet or an on-chain wallet and just pay um, the Lightning invoice or the, the on-chain address. Yeah, I think we did talk about this last week. We did. I think we definitely did. It's really nice. Yeah, and then on top of that, they've added UI improvements. They've made it easier to white label the BTC Pay server to... Uh, conform with your unique design aesthetic for your particular product, service, website, media company, whatever it may be. Um, it's looking prettier. It's definitely prettier. Love to see it. Thank you to the BTC Pay team. I really do appreciate you. Also, you can donate to BTC Pay and get a tax deduction if somehow you have gains this year. I don't know anyone personally who has gains this year, but if you do have gains this year, you can get a tax deduction. Support BTC Pay at OpenSats. Um, check it out. I think we're coming up on four years that we've been using BTC Pay server here at TFTC. It's pretty crazy. Very reliable software. The best was when I had uh, the guy from Silent Link on dispatch and he was like yeah matt we started using btc pay server because you wouldn't shut up on rabbit hole recap about being one of the most important projects in the space it is if you want to talk about the circular economy and enabling the p2p economy btc pay server is on the tip of the spear oh that's another thing like sparrow like so like i mean you remember like all the different conversations about PayJoin being implemented mm-hmm. and then Samurai was like, well, we already have PayJoin implemented, so we're not going to adopt this new standard. We're going to continue using our our own separate PayJoin standard, not the one that BTC Pay and Wasabi added. Well, Sparrow supports that standard, right? They call it stowaway payments. So you can do a Sparrow PayJoin between Samurai's Samurai and Sparrow or Sparrow and Sparrow, but Sparrow also adopted P2EP. I think it's the only wallet that supports both. So if you, if you paying a merchant that is a BTC pay server that it has the pay join P2EP enabled, you just copy and paste it into Sparrow. Sparrow just automatically pays it that way. It's really fucking great wallet. Yeah. When you talk about making every spend a coin join PTEP and stowaway or tools that enable that. Yeah. I think we, PTEP though is that you need and stowaway too. You need both um, wallets yeah. to be, be online at the same time. Yeah, basically it's a collaborative transaction where the receiver is giving you one of the inputs. So the, the on the input side, it's not just the sender putting UTXOs, it's also the receiver. So they both need to be online. Any collaborative transactions, uh, whether it's a coin join or a pay join, but all parties need to be online so that they can actually construct the transaction and all sign it and then broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great if like BTC pay server evolved into this point of sale system, like physical hardware was integrated into physical point of sale hardware. So that means that that is on constantly. And then every time a user goes to spend at that point of sale software, they're doing a, a PDE P pay join transaction. Yeah, I mean, I think what's more likely, because let's be honest, uh, particularly if you want lightning, you're, you're, if you want a, a very reliable lightning payment experience, you're using a cloud server. 
right? So you're running BTC Pay and your Lightning Node in the cloud, and then you have your point of sale is your point of sale is like an iPad that's running the actual interface, mm-hmm. right? And so then in that situation, and and this is why you know why they implemented PayJoin in the first place was because they were like all these guys are running. First of all, you're already running BTC Pay, but second of all, you're already running a hot wallet because if you're running Lightning, you have to run a hot wallet. The argument always historically has been if you're paying on chain, you don't need to run a hot wallet, which is cool, right? Like BTC Pay, you can just put a pub key in there and it could just, you can be a merchant and store and people could be paying you and your keys aren't on the cloud server. Your keys are, you know, in your hardware wallet or whatever. Uh, your keys could be in a completely different fucking country offline, you know, buried underground and you could still receive payments if you're doing on chain. But with Lightning, it has to be a hot wallet. And with PayJoin, it has to be a hot wallet. So then you start to deal with like risk management strategies and, and you know, try not to be too exposed. Don't keep too much on the Lightning wallet. Don't keep too much on the hot PayJoin wallet. Um, trade-offs, risk management, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. <laughs> be, aware. <laughs> yada, be aware is our yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I just want to say, like, the chances of the bottom being in are so much less likely since you sent that tweet out. Like, I haven't checked the price, but I assume we're like, are have we collapsed completely at this point? No, no, we're down like fifteen dollars. The bottom will not be in until I call the, until I tell everyone to stack drunk at a live show. The bottom. <laughs> That's when the top's in. That was a tw- right. Matt called the twenty nineteen. Uh, uh, bull fake out top. I've I've been bullish on every top and every bottom. Let's be honest here. It's just I'm very consistent. Yes. Speaking of live shows, are we doing one next week? We're gonna be in person. Are you coming? Yeah, I'll be here next week. I'll be in Nashville. I'll be where you are next week. Oh, I didn't. I went to the Cattleman's website. Are you joining me for that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see you there. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you're gonna come. Yeah, we'll definitely do a live show next week. Hell when yeah. are you coming? Uh, I think I get into town Wednesday. And when are you leaving? Saturday night. Oh, awesome. Up 100%. We'll do it in the studio. It'll be great. Hell yeah. Party rep freaks. Party rep next week. I Ooh. thought you rug pulled me and I forgot to ask you. No, I didn't rug pull you. Yeah, we have the Beef Initiative in Nashville. Um, we're officially sold out for that, but uh, if you're interested in coming, maybe reach out to me and I can see if I can pull some strings it's uh $99 a head it includes dinner very good cattleman's feast we're gonna it's have a very reasonable price we have the austin bitcoin club meet up tonight safe and i are going to be talking about time preference and slim will be here to talk about the beef initiative and cole and team from knc cattle will be providing the food so that's if awesome in, if you're in austin and you're looking for good beef, an excuse to get out of the house. Awesome Bitcoin club tonight in the Bitcoin um, that's, comments. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Uh, the Beef Initiative is on Thursday, but on Wednesday is a meetup that's open to the public that's free that everyone should come to as well in Nashville. Yes. Bitcoinpark.co. What's the weather like? What should I pack? We're basically got the same weather as Austin all the time. I, like You're always like five degrees warmer than us. Okay. Four degrees warmer than us. That's so like 45 there right now. Yeah, probably. All right. I'll pack warm. I'll pack warm. Wait, what? Like, 
like for cold weather, right? Yeah, I'll pack warm clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's a confusing. <laughs> I don't want you showing up in like a tropical shirt, you know, like in your shorts, your Bahamas ha- shorts. I don't handle the cold well, even though I lived in Chicago for five and a half years. You know what always fucks with me and my lady? Um, turn the thermostat up. Turn it up. So turn the thermostat down. Like it's confusing, right? About which no, way. it seems pretty straightforward. Oh, no, no. For AC, for AC, for heat, it makes sense. Yes. For for AC, it's confusing. Turn the therm, like. Turn the AC up. Turn the AC down. Turn the AC down. Are you lowering the temperature or are you reducing the AC? You're reducing are the you, AC. That's how confusing. I use it. It is. We actually, the weather in Austin this week has been a bit volatile. It was like 75 to 80 degrees the other day, and then it dropped down to like low 40s overnight. And during the day, my wife turned on the AC, and in the middle of the night, I woke up freezing cold and went to check the thermostat, and it was chilling at 60 degrees. Our our poor children. (laughs) I love it. Great flex. Um. Speaking of privacy, attaining good privacy are good friends. Paul Miller, Tony, Giorgio, Ben Carmen, and Michael Hildebrand have put together an Max. open Max Michael. Did I said Michael? Max Hildebrand. Um my I'm sorry, Max. I was at the fire too long last night. Uh lightningprivacy.com. Go to the site. Great domain. Logan, go to the dis- the site, please. I mean, no bullshit. Scroll Bitcoin. down and click. No bullshit, Bitcoin. I love you, but the site is better for for visual purposes here. Um, no, it's a great project to see. So they've created this open source initiative to highlight research into how to use research around how to use uh, Lightning as privately as possible. They have uh, three topics that they started out with: routing analysis, channel coin joins blinded pass and trampoline routing. So if you're looking to dive in to uh, the privacy got yous in uh, regards to these three categories, they've got a wealth of content on the site already. They will be adding more. Scroll um, down, Logan. If you click, it's not like immediate obvious, but like all these different segments, you can click into them. Yeah, on the um, left. If you use the left... Uh, bar on the left yeah yeah that wasn't like immediately obvious to me when i went to the website paul paul you're you're the designer on this but they have like all these cool little charts and i like how like how it be how it could be <laughs> like i love the grammar of it like i could just imagine them writing it and laughing and giggling yeah it's good so this was part of a wasabi grant like wasabi max Max Hillebrand is the CEO of Wasabi. Um, they provided, I believe, a one Bitcoin grant uh, to Paul, uh, Ben, and Tony. And uh, they, they made this research together. It's good research. I'm going to write about it in the Ben today. So be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, the three, those three gentlemen were in the commons. I went up to say hi to them the other day and they shooed me away. I got shooed. I got you deserved it. Because they were on a call right before they launched this. And also because you shooed Carmen. I know. It was, Tony, the... it was Tony that shooed me, though. He was like, we're on a call. Very good. 
we're on a call. Very good. Um, the three of them are coming. Tony, Ben, and Paul will be on dispatch on Monday to discuss. Are they going to be there all week? But no, they're like they're not. I didn't, uh, they're they're not going to be in Nashville. They're going to be in on dispatch. Look at you. I thought dispatch was going to be in person only. Yeah, I mean, it's hard when people are when. I, first of all, I haven't been in Nashville, right? But when people are in Nashville, we'll do it in person. Um, also, they're going to Nifty's fantastic, privacy-focused, intimate event in Mexico City next week. Bitcoin plus so, plus. Uh, Bitcoin plus plus in Mexico City. I think if, I think it's what is it BTC plus plus dot dev, but plus plus is spelled out. Um, by the way, Nifty, see how I have to say that on the podcast? That's very confusing. Um, but Nifty's amazing, and you should go to it if you can. It's all focused on privacy. Um, it's going to be in Mexico City. December 9th, that, 10th, and 11th. And then at the same time, yeah, BTC++. dev, but you spell out plus. Um, at the same time, the Africa and Bitcoin conference is going to be happening, which looks like it's going to be a fucking fire as that, well. That's in Ghana, right? In Ghana, yeah. Um. So yeah, if you're on that side of the world, go to African one. If you're if you're on this side of the world, consider going to the Mexico City one. It's uh, Nifty always throws a great event, and uh, this is focused on a very important topic, which is privacy. So anyway, they're going to come on dispatch and then immediately go down there. So close to Mexico, I've still never been. I'm going to make my first trip to Mexico. Never been to Mexico. Never been. Wow. It's fun outside the touristy areas. Don't go to one of the touristy areas. I want to go to San Miguel. Is that a touristy area? Yeah, it's like kind of, but not. It's a little bit. It's like where all the expats live. Like, it's, it's in the mountain. I went to a wedding there. It's a nice little town. It looks beautiful online. Um, I wouldn't say it's not like, uh, you know, like a Cancun or. No. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Cabo. Cabo, yeah. Tulum. Yeah, Tulum is also pretty touristy. Um, yeah, San Miguel's great. I mean, it's pretty. The people are nice, very walkable in the mountains. A lot of expats. A lot of old, old, you know, 70 year old former American men and their wives or whatever that have been living there for like 30 years. <laughs> Haven't. <laughs> Having like signed on to the internet in like twenty. Yeah. Well just living the life. Shout out to Nifty, Sean, the team at Bitcoin Plus Plus Car. Um, and everybody going to Mexico City next week. I hope you guys have fun. Hope you learn a lot. Shout out to our Mexican freaks. Dude, I'm excited you're coming to Nashville. I didn't realize you were. I'm gonna be in person next week. So does that mean Keita's joining us as well? You can, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, the cattleman's thing. Yeah, he'll be there. Oh, that's awesome. It's his father-in-law who's the. Uh... I know. I thought he was the one who like set it up, but then I went to the website and it was just like me and three. It was just me, Jason, Cole, and uh, Slim. Yeah, I think Matt will be moderating. I'll be up there with you guys. Sweet. Brooke will be joining us as well. Well, I look forward to having you in town. I look forward to to coming to town. Um. Yeah, should be fun. 
party rip next week, freaks. In person. No white claws. Neil's not going to be in town. No white claws. Uh, controversial topic. <laughs> Made a lot of... Uh, brought a lot of noise to Twitter yesterday. Casa added Ethereum support. They will now be allowing customers to secure their ETH, their Ether via uh, multi-sig uh, with Casa. Why are you laughing? Because the internet flipped out on them so hard. My favorite was, um, you see what Chair Force put, the frog of shame? <laughs> I did see that. If this frog gets more likes than the parent tweet, then you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, uh, it's it's disappointing to see. It's disappointing to see uh, a Bitcoin-only company add uh, support for Ethereum. Um, it makes it very... What is the argument for being Bitcoin only besides ideologically or morally or ethically? The argument is focus and being able to be you know, intimately focused on Bitcoin, the protocol, Bitcoin, the asset, and being able to build your products around that. Um, specifically, like Ethereum multisig is not... doesn't you know, work anywhere yeah, near not, the way it works yeah. with Bitcoin. Not nearly as robust as Bitcoin. Second yeah. of all, like running nodes, Ethereum nodes are hard to run. Like it does create a lack of focus within the org. Uh, the other thing is obviously um, it might encourage users to consider doing it. The, the famous argument, I mean, I'm not saying Casa is going to do this, is like Coinbase, you sign on to Coinbase. And maybe you only want to use it with Bitcoin. Your friend told you to sign in with Coinbase to use it with Bitcoin. And then they're just like throwing in your face, you know, buy Shiba Inu, buy Doge, buy Litecoin, buy Ethereum, right? And just like all this other shit. Um, but I have to say, man, like it is amazing to me. It's a little bit sad how much more outrage there is for them adding Ethereum support than the fact that their app has been closed source this whole fucking time. <laughs> like their app is closed source. Like one of your keys is the app key. Um, in the two of three, it's not great situation because they have one key and the app that's closed course has one key. And they have a single SIG wallet, which literally is just a closed source app having a key. And no one really gave a shit about the closed source thing. But like the Ethereum thing, it's like everyone's like, oh my God, you've completely destroyed our trust in you. So, I mean, I think that's a very big commentary on uh, priorities on Bitcoin Twitter. But um, any of these services, you use them, you use Casa, you're trusting them innately with your privacy. Uh, they will grandstand and say, like, they don't require KYC or whatever. Like, they can see all your transactions. They know your IP address. Like, you're paying them for the service. Um, you're trusting them with your privacy. It's part of the trade-off model. Um yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And as it pertains to adding Ethereum, particularly, again, you can certainly make the moral, ethical argument hey, you should, probably shouldn't be pushing these people to what many individuals on your team have called a scam in the past and what many Bitcoiners, myself included, believe to be a scam. But then what worries me more is like the engineering 
aspect of it. And Drew Bunsall, co-founder of Unchained, Disclosure, sponsor of the podcast, Disclosure, 1040 <laughs> portfolio company. Uh, but I Disclosure, did, Marty's broadcasting from their offices. <laughs> uh, no, Bitcoin Commons is separate. This is my office. I pay for this office. Okay. Same floor. <laughs> Same floor, yes. But uh, with that being said, I do think Drew made some good points in this thread that we have up on the screen, which is, if you know the history of Unchained, they originally had the ability for, for people to use ETH for collateral for loans. And the way they allowed that to happen was Dhruv built um, at the time, uh, which was the only like verified and audited secure Ethereum smart contract like on the whole platform, I'm pretty sure, at that time. like. He, he was the only one who got it audited and certified as uh, actually secure. And he's been on the show a couple years ago describing that process and said it was hell. It's not easy to create these smart contracts in a secure fashion. Obviously, Unchained has since deprecated uh, their support for Ethereum and that smart contract. But like, uh, this is what Drew highlights in this thread if you go down. Um, a couple tweets, just like the questions you have to ask if you're providing these types of products is like, how are you managing the cost of this? Are you writing solidity contracts now, running Geth, adding conditional logic everywhere in your apps? And then he's saying, like, yeah, I wish we would compete with Bitcoin only, but um, that's one thing. Like, there's Particularly when companies or individuals try to construct multi-sig wallets on Ethereum, you can't do it at the protocol level. You have to create these smart contracts with very crazy logic um, and many points of potential failure, uh, most famously Parity, which was one of the Ethereum implementations, tried to make a multi-sig smart contract and it got completely borked. Somebody hacked the smart contract and all the funds are still locked in that smart contract. So that's one thing that I worry about is how certain are they that their smart contract is secure? Like, is there potential for this multi-sig smart contract to, to have a parity-like event in the future? And if so, people are getting into that multi-sig smart contract and their funds could be potentially locked. Like, again, going back to, like, the closed-sourced aspect I mean, of their I, app, like, is this is You can't smart even cold... You can't cold storage a centralized shitcoin because... It doesn't matter if you hold the keys if the chain can be changed behind the scenes anyway. Which has happened in Ethereum a couple of times. Most famously, the DAO hack in 2016. The the crazy part about all this is they're like blog linked to something that was a blog post called like the seven guiding principles of development at Casa, which they have deleted. But if you go to the archive of it, um, they actually explain all the reasons why you shouldn't add Ethereum. Uh, in that blog post that they deleted because it was a whole blog post basically showing how you know why they weren't adding other assets and why they were focused on bitcoin only and they removed it so you can read their own words but yeah this is obviously you know there there are a lot of people right now that are trying to hold eth uh not on the custodian they've obviously saw a value proposition there um, their investors probably pushed them towards doing it. Uh, we see this a lot in the space where Bitcoin-only companies are forced by fiat investors and shitcoin investors to... Um, not, yet. not yet, Logan. 
move into the you know move move into the shitcoin space and and this is just another example of it but i will say if while everyone's angry at them if if we could also pressure them to you know at least make their app source viewable um that that would be great yes i'm very conflicted about not conflicted just disappointed are we just toxic toxic maxi pads um, like I said, I mean, I, 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 I think there's a lot of hypocrisy here just, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not, uh, I'm going to sleep fine tonight. I am as well. I'm going to sleep real fine. <laughs> like I got shitty sleep last night. I'm gonna pass out as soon as I hit the pillow. I I think uh, I think people should learn. Um, there are some people that are saying they're gonna to move to Unchained. Um, I understand that people like collaborative custody. They like the idea of someone holding your hand. Um, fine, makes sense. If you want collaborative custody, Unchained's great. Um, you obviously are trusting Unchained with your privacy, just like you were trusting Casa with your privacy. I think. Um, collaborative custody competes with custodial solutions. I think that's what people don't realize because personally, I'm a self-sovereign multi-sig maximalist. I think people should use Sparrow Wallet. Um, I think when, you know, Nunchuck's still really early. I wouldn't trust it with large amounts of funds. Um, but when it's, when it's a little bit more fleshed out, yes, Nunchuck as well, like give it a little bit more time to prove itself on the market. Um, because one of the beauties of Nunchuck is that it is more of a closed system while like Sparrow is just like bare PSBTs and partially signed Bitcoin transactions. So I think like let Nunchuck like figure out their shit a little bit, let them have some time on the market, but Nunchuck as well. Um, but like learn how to do self-sovereign multisig. But here's the thing. I don't think self-sovereign multisig really competes with collaborative custody. I think what competes with collaborative custody is keeping it on fidelity we're keeping it on Coinbase custody um, or keeping it in FTX, right? Like I think it competes more with um, a higher net worth individual who just wants someone to hold their hand during the process and doesn't want to take on that full load of personal responsibility and collaborative custody is a really nice option for them. Agreed. Agreed. And organizations. It's just nice. It's nice for organizations because you have this independent third party that's kind of overseeing everything yeah 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 like, i mean we have a business vault for our right. hr i have one for other companies um from a business perspective it's a great product an individual if you do want the hand holding the uh, the concierge team down the hall is very hands-on and will will answer all the questions that you have Again, disclosure on chain sponsor, ten thirty one portfolio company. Um, but going back to Casa and just sort of steel manning their argument, they're saying, "Hey, we have a lot of clients that want this service, and there's user demand. And as a company trying to produce a profit, we should listen to what our customers want and give the give it to them." Can certainly see that argument, but again, considering the publicly facing comments that have been made by members of that team 
saying that Ethereum is shit. It's just weird. Like, and then you get into this weird philosophical business ethics debate. Like, do you follow your customers' demands or do you stay principled and um, deny them that service if you don't think it's worthwhile or actually um, steeped in, in solid first principles thinking? You want to read the shout-outs? No, I want to read something that just got retweeted by by Jack Dorsey and um, has to do with staying humble and stacking sats. Yeah, I retweeted this freak right before we went live. So this is this is so I think this is the pro I mentioned in the beginning episode the AI. Um, you, you give this it's open AI. People are speculating that this is the next iteration of GBT or GPT GPT four, which would make this again it's speculation. People don't know for sure. Wait, but, wait, this was a this was an AI generated prompt. Yeah, this is an AI generated prompt. Oh, I thought the freak just wrote up his thoughts on staying humble, stacking sats, and I pressed retweet. No, it was a, an artificial intelligence bot. That oh, did that's this. awesome. So at stacking saunter uh, prompted GBT4, why one should stay humble and stack sats? There are several reasons why one should stay humble and stack sats, in parentheses, a slang term for Satoshi's, the smallest unit of Bitcoin. First and foremost, humility Not is a slang a, term is a virtue that is highly valued in all areas of life. By staying humble, one can avoid arrogance and entitlement and instead focus on being grateful and appreciative of what one has. This can lead to a more fulfilling, excuse me, this can lead to more fulfilling relationships and a greater sense of contentment and well-being. Secondly, staying humble can also be beneficial in the world of cryptocurrency. The market is highly volatile and unpredictable, and it is important to approach it with a sense of caution and humility. By staying humble, one can avoid making rash decisions based on greed or overconfidence and instead focus on making sound, well-informed decisions. Thirdly, stacking sats is a smart financial strategy as it allows one to accumu accumulate small amounts of Bitcoin over time. This can be especially beneficial in a market that is prone to sudden price swings as it allows one to average out one's cost and potentially reap long-term gains. In conclusion, staying humble and stacking sats can lead to more fulfilling and financially secure life in the world of cryptocurrency. That's insane that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, when I, saw it, when I saw it, I thought the freak, uh, freak wrote it, and I was like going to nitpick a little bit, but I was like pretty much, you know, nailed it. And I pressed retweet, and then we went live. Um, but if an AI wrote that, fucking completely nailed it. It's insane. Like, How insane! It, it figured out it. It like there's people in my comments that still don't realize what this AI realized. Like they think <laughs> I mean different things than this. Right. It's like pretty much perfect. I mean, I would say it's a little bit wordy. All you have to say is stay humble, stack sets, but um, nailed it. No, but this I mean, since I threw it on the list and I did want to talk about it, and this is, provides a good segue. So, how do we it. know this is the AI? He, the guys, the guy's tweet just said like, "Oh, I, I finally figured out. I, f I finally get it." Uh, just the way, so you can see the prompt. What, the just top. the interface is like yeah. the AI, it was like GPT. Was it GPT four or GPT three? It's, it's open dot AI, which is leveraging the GPT. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. I mean. That's like, I've only been saying that for like three years now or something, two years. There's like not that much content on it. I guess there is a lot. It's, it's impressive. Well, this is like, this is what I want to dovetail in the whole 
overarching con or, uh, discussion of AI, like with this type of prompt, like it's definitely going to disrupt copywriters and people who are making marketing campaigns with the AI generated art. It's going to disrupt the designing community. Like, I don't know. I've been talking That's to That's a better description than like 99% of people could write. Right. So this is going to have massive implications on the future of work, particularly if you're in the creative industry, whether you're a designer, copywriter, a writer. You know what's my main nitpick of that description? What is it? I don't think sats are slang for Satoshi. I think sats are the standard, and Satoshi is just going to be – like I, I think in five, ten years, like no one's gonna say Satoshi's. I think they're gonna say Sats. Like I think the no. unit will be Sats. Yeah, but it is slang. I I, I think it it's, is. It, it is like objectively slang. It's short I, for Satoshi's. There's no Sats in any version of the consensus code. I mean, you made it slang. I just don't. I I don't think of them as Satoshi's. The AI is right, and you were wrong. Yeah, the AI is right and you're wrong. It's my nitpick. It's a bad nitpick. It is slang. Yeah, also, yeah, FTB, I, they said cryptocurrency multiple times. FTB in the chat. No, they, I mean, that's crazy that the AI, the AI fucking nailed it. What, what do you prefer, Marty? Do you prefer sats or satoshis? I prefer the slang. I prefer sats. Yeah, I don't think it's slang. It is definitely, it's objectively slang. Marty, how does language get created? By humans uttering things for the first time. Like, do you think like there was like, like the word apple, like where did the word apple come from? I'm having having malfunctionings in my brain right now. It's an organic, like language is an organic human phenomenon that happens over time. And then that's how consensus is decided. It's not decided on like what the fucking client says. Yeah, but then how would you define slang? There's consensus around things being slang. The amount of people out there right now, and I we're still very early, that are walking around saying Satoshis is probably less than Sats already. Agreed. That doesn't still doesn't negate the fact that it's slang. So does it no longer become slang if like the five maintainers of core switch the text in the core client to sats instead of Satoshi? Number one, I doubt they do that. Uh, number two, but no. if they did that, would it not be slang anymore? Hmm. Like, are you just appealing to your authority over there? I'm trying to think like of another example where because Satoshi didn't name them Satoshi's. Yes, he that did. That happened after he left. No, I'm pretty sure it was Satoshi. No, it was named after him after he left. Do you think Satoshi was that fucking conceited? Oh, the smallest unit. We're gonna name him Satoshi's. I gotta, I gotta pull out the original source code, the alpha. Hmm. I see huh. MVK in the chat. MVK, am I wrong about that? Did Satoshi name it Satoshi's? Yeah, I would find that pretty conceited. It's fucking known that it happened after him. I'm not going to find it. There's too much code. Go buy uh, Bitcoin version 0.01 alpha. Shout out Pedro. <laughs> I love Pedro. 
Matt just got schooled on consensus code by Marty. Oh, so I was right. No, you're not. MVK's wrong. I think I might be right. I'm not going to let you strong okay, on Marty, me on this you one. You want to bet me on it? Well, you want to bet me that Satoshi didn't name them Satoshis? No, we don't bet anymore on this show. <laughs> we when, don't? What is that? When did Satoshis... I'll bet you 10 million sets. Yeah, name. Uh, yeah, you're right. On November 15, 2010, Rybuck proposed that one hundredth of a Bitcoin point of one be called a Satoshi. Four months later, he instead suggested that the one hundred millionth unit should be called an Austrian or a Satoshi. <laughs> and the name Satoshi caught on and was widely adopted thereafter. You're right. Me and NF MVK are wrong. November 2010. Almost two years after the protocol. I launched. wish you bet me. <laughs> I don't bet. I, just, I like lost potential sats on that. Now I'm case claiming that he was right. Now he, he just flip flopped too. No, MBK said Matt is right in the comments. I know he said you're right, but he also said above that that you got schooled. <laughs> he also just said, I just want to say Marty was right to fuck with Matt. <laughs> uh, here we go. On to shout-outs. Shout yes. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to it. I just know there's a shout-out that involves Casa. I know. And it's from somebody in the live chat. So, so it's just super relevant. So I wanted to do it right after the Casa thing, but you strong-armed the AI uh, comment. The AI stuff's important. If you're out there and you're like a creative... Like us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's important this. to stack sats before, you know, the robots take over because it's the only scarce thing that the robots can't create a bunch of. Yeah. Well, it's really, obviously really scary if you think your job's going to get taken over by a robot at some point because they're getting really good at doing your job. But also, you can take the silver lining optimistic bent, which is humans aren't going to have to do all this all this boring stuff and it can work on worthwhile thing. I think we're going to see a transition back to like things getting made in meat space. Like the, the skills of the future will be like actual around, hard skills. Yes. We're going to like we're, plumbers. Yeah. We're going to shift back to, to hard skills. Plumbers. Like robot. There's not going to be robot plumbers. No. And carpenters. No. We're going to build, we're going to build cathedrals again. Good ones. Castles, citadels. I just want to say, while we're talking about sats, um, uh, who said it? Someone it just scrolled by me. Um, someone said, oh, yeah, win some hacks that Adam Back is still pushing for bits, but I think sats is stuck now. Um, I know Grubles is also, you know, Grubles bits, loves Maximus, bits. Guy Swan's like, a bits guy. They're I just all want wrong. to say, well, I want to say, guys, it's not mutually exclusive. Like, I could never comprehend bits. Um, until I, I started thinking in sats. And now that I think in sats, I can easily convert to bits. A hundred sats is a bit. But just know that bits are subservient in that, in that mental process. Like I, I think in sats, but a group of a hundred sats is a bit. Like it's super easy math for me. 
I still it's literally it's not mutually exclusive. I well the thing with like sats to bits for me is I always forget what a bit is. Is it a thousand sats? Is it a hundred? It's a hundred sats. It it's is super it easy to remember. It's a hundred sats. I always get confused. Like I, a bit I, is to a dollar what dollars are to cents. A bit is to sats or what a dollar is to cents, right? There's a there's a hundred sats is equals a bit. Hundred yeah. cents equals a dollar. Yeah. Sats I mean It's funny though, because like I, I don't think they realize that. They're like, I actually, I never could wrap my head around bits until I, until I started thinking in sats. Sats is just easy. It's just easy for me, my simple brain. Push back on the AI from our friend Pedro, who was mentioned earlier. AI has a style that will never be novel. It will always be referential, which I agree. Yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I guess those creative creative jobs will be. I think we're going to find out how creative we really are. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that just take other people's tweets, change up a couple words, and like send them out. That's like the extreme example, right? But Yeah. Is he giving you a page? He's giving me, uh, yeah, page 69, nice line line 18 is where Satoshi originally defined what a coin is and it's static const int64 coin equals 100 million. And then Satoshi originally called it a cent or um, a million. A bit set, right? A million um, Satoshis before they were named Satoshi's was a cent. Which makes sense. The more sense. you know. The more you know. Pedro, shocked that you had uh, that page in line. Anyway, I'm glad we got to go like full hard down the deep end off that nitpick. But... Go pick it up. It's a great coffee table book, freaks. Shout outs. Hello from Bitcoin Bay out of Tampa Bay, Florida. Shout out to all the grassroots organizers. Earlier this month, Blockspaces and our resident Lightning dev slash Council of Ben's member just released their Lightning Network and QuickBooks integration, allowing for smoother business-to-business -business Bitcoin transactions. Also, we host weekly Bitcoin-only meetups every Thursday night. Every Thursday, damn. Uh, you can find us at meetup.com, search Tampa Bay Bitcoin, or on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore... Two underscores? No, just one. Uh, yeah, two underscores. So, at Bitcoin, double underscore Bay. Oh, and then in parentheses, two underscores. Uh, we'll be hosting... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be hosting block oh parties and business workshops in the coming <laughs> year. Uh, God bless you, too, and the freaks. God bless That's you. That's fucking hilarious. Shout out to the, the Bitcoin Bay. All right, this is the shout out that Matt's like desperately trying to get to. Oh, God damn it. What? There's a don't read this part in there. Oh, well, there you go. Sorry. That's on me. Oh, that was on both of us. We both kind of doxed you on that one. Yeah. And we already gave you an answer. Or Matt did. Sort of answered your question. I, uh, no, I mean we haven't given a full answer. I think I think uh, I think you move. You need to I put that in all caps. You need to put that in all caps. What? I'm sorry, that's what I mean. Don't, don't read this part. part. I mean I fucked up, but anyway, um, it's all good, friends. 
is what he said. So that's good. Uh, love you, brother. Um, I will answer the question, though. The full answer to the question. I think, first of all... Um, first of all... I don't trust Nuncheck yet. I, I think the project's like super exciting. Uh, they just open sourced it, which is fantastic. Um, I think the interface is fantastic. Um, give it a little time before using it with life savings, like just period. Like that should be like life savings, like your main cold storage has got to be, you got to be very paranoid and slow moving about that shit. Um, I like Sparrow a lot. Uh, Sparrow, you can really easily emulate in Electrum as well, which is a very old project with a lot of eyes on it, which is awesome. Um, it all uses the PSBT standard, like very cross compatible, everything like that. Um, so I would go with Sparrow. I like Sparrow a lot. Um, so then you're talking, uh, first of all, the paynims, uh, bit 47 payment codes, uh, that's, uh, an in, like you can, you can't use that with multi-sig period. So that would just be a separate wallet. Um, that would be a completely separate wallet. So you're not using that with multi-sig regardless if you import it into Nunchuck. And then what did he, what was the last part of the question was what other hardware wallets besides cold card would, would we use? Yes. Um, is there, is there an ambulance by you? Yes. <laughs> yes. What, what other hardware wallets besides cold card would you use? Two of three, so you need two others. Uh, seed signer, uh, treasure with a passphrase, uh, foundation, uh, something like that. One of those jade. Yeah, I was gonna jade, say. I kind of, I kind of put jade in like the same category as like a seed signer. There's no secure element on those or treasure. Um, yeah. Hmm. Some of the maybe even MK3 you can implement in there. Honestly, I you know, um, you don't want you might want to move to three or five, um, to give yourself a eh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it depends on your situation what you want to do, but those are good choices. Don't use a ledger, it just doesn't work well with multi sig, period. It's very hard. Oh yeah, page. I always forget about them. I, it wasn't intentional. Like Bitbox could work. It has a secure element. I've never actually used it with multisig, but um, Pedro mentioned that. I think yeah. Um, I think definitely Trezor with a passphrase. Obviously, no secure element. Could you do it with like an Electrum? Do you need a hardware wallet? No. Yeah, you could use. You can use a, or you can use a Sparrow Hot Wallet. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I like I like two of three gun to my head, two of three gun to my head, uh, passport, cold card, seed signer, boom, Spar use Sparrow as a coordinator if you want three different manufacturers. Um, there you go. Or you could just use all cold cards. You could probably do that. fine. If uh, if MVK is trying to rug all of us, he's probably not trying to rug the people doing multi-sig. He's probably just trying to rug the single-sig people. Yeah. And if he does rug us, you can come find him in the live chat comments and, and ream him out. So, yeah, that's the advice there. 
Sorry for the docs. That's on me. Also on me. Yeah. I'm, we'll, we'll take that. We Yeah, fair enough. He said all good. He said all good. All good friends. Thank you. It was also me. too late when he said it, but... Yeah. Apologies. Tesla's still a shit coin. All right, we've got uh, almost done the list here. I threw on two more things we got to talk about, one of which is the fact that Fed Chairman Jerome Powell was out making comments this week, and the comments... Uh, I guess you could use Spectre DIY, too. I feel bad, but I didn't say it, so... Matt's still you could thinking. use Spectre DIY. Yes. Um, but back to Fed talk. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell confirmed Wednesday that smaller interest rate increases are likely ahead and could start in December. Next Fed meeting, I believe, is the 14th or the 15th, and so if the smaller interest rate increases uh, do start in December. Be on the lookout for that. Many people have been wondering when is the Fed going to reverse course. Uh, energy prices have come down. Uh, Inflation is not as hot as it was a couple months ago, and that is what many people are believing the Fed was looking for be, uh, before they begin to reverse course on their interest rate hikes. Um, obviously, they'll still be hiking rates, but uh, it seems that they will reduce the size of those rate hikes at some point, potentially this month, but probably at some point within the next three months. So be on the lookout for that. Money printer go burr. Uh, another thing in the macro side of things that I wanted to touch on, Kelly Lannon highlighted this today, um, which is the fact that there are a bunch of real estate investment uh, vehicles that are pausing redemptions uh, because uh, all their seems like investors are trying to pile out of real estate, and the funds that the real estate funds are are saying, "Hey, you can't you can't liquidate now." And this is due to the fact that real estate is highly illiquid. Um, and so, but this is also a sign that there might be some trouble in the real estate markets moving forward. It's fucking hilarious that people think real estate is a liquid market. Well, I think it just takes like. Even when, even when, like in the most highly liquid times, it takes months and months and months to sell real estate and buy real estate. Yeah, like the amount of bureaucracy and red tape and shit that it all involves as well is like crazy. It's a long, drawn out process. So Kelly was quote tweeting news that Blackstone's sixty nine nice billion real estate fund nice says will <laughs> limit redemption request after breaching limits this quarter. Uh, and Kelly's highlighting one of the big trends that happened post-COVID lockdowns and money printer going burr was a lot of these investment funds were buying apartments, brand new apartments. It wasn't individuals, it wasn't families. It was a lot of these funds raised a bunch of money and were just bought, scooping up these real estate assets as investments to then rent out and try and get a yield. It seems like that may be turning out to be a bad trade. Uh, Kelly's saying it's a major signal. Why do we care what Kelly says? He's in the real estate and construction business, so he has a good finger on the pulse of everything going on. So institutions were buying new inventory direct from uh, HBs, which I can't think of. What does that stand for? Um, now what? So we could see some real estate price crashes moving forward. Yeah, I mean, just in general, real estate takes longer to correct, right? So like we saw rates increase, which should reduce prices of real estate because the carrying costs just in general are higher for the same exact property. 
Like, right? If there's like a million dollar property, your mortgage, monthly mortgage costs are significantly higher at 7% than when it was like 3% or 4%. Um, but the prices don't decrease as quickly because it's illiquid, but also because sellers are sticky, right? Like they're like, unless they're desperate, they're, they're slow to move yeah, down. They don't want to eat a big loss. So you just see volume, you just see volume go down. Um, you just see like the amount of transactions go down. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us mandibles hadn't said it yet this episode. Real estate <laughs> is a shit coin. Marty, did you see? Yeah, real estate is a shit coin. We should ask GBT that too, or whatever that thing is. GPT. Why is real estate a shit coin? <laughs> Let's see if we can do How that. How do people get access to this shit? Like, I think you just go to open.ai and you can. Let's see. Let's try and do one live on air. Why is real estate a shit coin? There's like better ones and worse ones, and like the best ones are all like paywalled off and like closed. Yeah, this isn't opening. This isn't the right one, but. Like I, I like fucked around with like the picture ones. The picture ones are pretty crazy. Like there's gonna be like people are gonna go to art school for like best prompt writing. Right. Cause like they're they're uh That's a crazy there's thing. There's like a lot of skill to prompt writing right now. Right. Like they're not giving just like bare prompts. They're also doing like the different um qualifiers or whatever. Well, I saw a thread earlier today. It's like, yeah, you think that's going to happen, but then you can prompt the AI to produce the best prompt. <laughs> like, I saw this with one of the, uh, like one of the, uh, the images, like somebody used GBT four to get that AI to produce a good prompt to put into the. This all just seems like a massive waste of energy, and I hope Elizabeth Warren's on top of it because. <laughs> We really need her to take care of it. We do. Speaking of Elizabeth Warren taking care of things. Only humans should be able to speak. Only humans. Speaking yeah. of Elizabeth Warren taking care of things, it provides a good segue to the last topic we have on the list, which is the SBF redemption tour. It's been very weird. Has it not? Yeah, it's super odd. I mean, he, he was on Good Morning America today. Good Morning America. Yeah. He did the New York Times deal book. Thing. The New York Times is pretty critical, right? It was, yeah, but like it's. Did you watch it? I didn't watch the whole thing. It was like an hour and fifteen minutes, but I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I, caught, I just, just caught full clips disclosure. On full disclosure, don't care. Did not watch any of it. But from what I saw from people that I respect, that they were pretty, pretty critical of him. They were, but then at the end of the interview, the whole audience stood up and clapped. Like, yeah. I mean, they all paid twenty five hundred dollars to go to the thing. Like, they're all sheep. We knew that. Yeah, it was just so weird how he's getting this type of press. So you got that. You got Good Morning Dude, America. If you tell an audience, if you tell an audience at the end of a panel, please thank our guest for doing this. They will clap for Hitler. Like they, they will just <laughs> blindly, they will just blindly clap if you give them that prompt. You, you obviously haven't been paying attention to Twitter. This was like bad time to be dropping. Like you will clap for Hitler. <laughs> Hot topic today. I'm just all I'm saying is uh like like they they all pay twenty five like I know that looks horrible. But what matters more is what Andrew Sorkin was like how he was asking his questions, right? 
Yeah. But again, regardless of the questions at the deal book thing or in Good Morning, Good Morning America, I think Stepanopoulos was pressing pretty hard as well. It's just weird that he's getting this type of exposure that he hasn't been arrested yet. Yeah, the CFTC come out earlier today and say this looks like a doesn't look like fraud, but just the consequences of uh, a typical bank run. You had Kevin O'Leary and Bill Ackman coming out and defending him, say saying they believe him, doesn't think he did fraud knowingly. It's just it's just very odd. Yeah, I mean Ackman and uh, I mean Ackman specifically was like, "Call me crazy," but. I think SPF was telling the truth or whatever. Like, he's crazy. Like, fucking idiot. Ackman's a fucking asshole. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Why is it, but like, why isn't Machinsky in jail? Like, why uh, isn't he arrested yet? I don't know. Like, why, like, but like, still, like, but why most is it, Bitcoin scammers aren't in jail? Yeah, but like, again, I agreed. But like, why is he getting like this media? sweetheart deal well what the good morning america stuff was like to me is like when a celebrity is you know gets in a drunk driving accident or something they go on all these shows you know what i'm talking about right you've seen yes. it before caitlin so, jenner yeah look once again heavy corruption elites live on a whole different planet than us you know there's very little repercussions they're oftentimes treated to a whole different set of rules um but like he has like probably one of like the top PR agencies, you know, without all the other elites use. And like they called him up and they were like, Good morning, America. Like, we want to do our redemption tour. And Good Morning America was like, We're gonna get fucking millions of views on this fucking interview. Yes, we'll do it. We'll fly in. Boom, done. Yeah. And there's still something very odd about it. Like, what about uh oh, we we didn't even oh, I have it on the list. We skipped it because someone just said it. BlockFi. BlockFi went bankrupt this week. It was on the list. Did we miss it? Yeah, we did miss it. Um, you know, why aren't they arrested yet? Were they, I mean, in the context of FTX, FTX was using user funds to lend to Alameda, which is egregiously The difference with BlockFi is it was in the terms of service. Yeah, in the fine print, they were allowed to do that. And FTX is fine print. Like BlockFi, you can make an argument, just like terribly run business, high risk, bad risk management, FTX, like overt fraud. Yeah, I mean, well, I think you can make the argument that FTX was definitely fraud. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if we can make the argument yet that there wasn't fraud in these other places. Like, couldn't you make the same argument they just made for BlockFi to Celsius? Like, did Machinsky commit fraud? Or was that just in his terms of service that he could just rehypothecate everybody? And, right? So there's like all these. You're good? No, I'm on the air right now. Rod just walked in. What up, Rod? He said, What up, Rod? He can't hear you. Hey, you can take that. I was plugged into it, but you can take it. You're fun. You're fine. You're good. I'm. I'm. Shoo I'm him. Shoo him. Shoo. We're we're on air right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just walks into the fucking studio. 
I even have a little sign out that says like we're on air right now. Yeah, we do as well. So there's obviously no de- like decorum at the Bitcoin Park. We have but very, anyway, very what, good decorum here at the Commons. My point is, uh, yeah, I, I, I we'll see. Like I bet, I bet, I have a feeling that that pretty much everyone is right that SPF's going to not get as you know not get the book thrown at him like he should. Um, like he committed overt fraud. And that's a good terminology that he's like, it was a Ponzi scheme. It was a straight up Ponzi scheme. Right. Um, that said, like name shitcoin scammers that like went to jail. Yeah. It's all fucked up. Ross is in jail. Like, like, okay. So Ross, not a scammer. Mark Arpelis, okay. he went Charlie to jail. Shrem, Charlie Shrem was a scammer after he came out of jail, never went to jail for the scamming part. He went to jail for no KYC stuff. Yes. Right? So that doesn't count. The EOS guys are buying a bank. <laughs> Vitalik is meeting with anyone who will meet with him. He's completely... Is Carpellis the only one? Carpellis is not even a shitcoin scammer. He... Yeah, I mean, he ran an exchange that Mount got Cox robbed a scam. and then committed fraud afterwards. Yeah, I think Carpellis might be the only one. And that was the Japanese. Yeah. That wasn't even the Americans. Yeah. So the tornado like, cash devs. They went after the state. Snowden went was a threat to the state. Assange threat to the state. Ross threat to the state. This is sh- just business as usual. All the shitcoiners threat to the legitimacy of of Bitcoin via association. This is, just, this is just how it's always been. This is the always has been meme. Damn. Astronaut looking at the planet is all Ohio. But anyway, BlockFi went bankrupt this week. Writing's been on the wall since like June, whenever the three hours capital thing happened. Um I mean, fuck them for blaming it all on FTX. Like, they were insolvent when FTX, yeah. quote-unquote, saved them. This whole redemption like, tour that they're trying to do and save their their name is it's the business disgusting. Model. It's the business model. You take a scarce asset like Bitcoin, and you try and generate, quote-unquote, yield on it. And then the only way to do that is to is to to lend out customer deposits to, to high-risk traders. It's the only way to do it. And so they lend it out to high-risk traders, and the whole thing comes crumbling down on itself, and the whole fucking thing explodes. And then they, like, release a post. They're like, oh, you know, was, couldn't avoid it. It was FTX. Yeah. Something the market has learned many times in the past will continue to learn moving forward. Bitcoin is different. There is no lender of last resort. The likelihood of the third-party custodian that you're trusting to use your Bitcoin to lend out to other people, uh, the likelihood that they have good risk management parameters in, in place is, is zero because nobody can predict the volatility of Bitcoin and what happens on the back end. And then you can never be f- sure what your counterparty using that Bitcoin is going to do and what their risk management strategy is. There's just layers of, of risk. Well, involved. you know what it... You know what it is, right? It's like you probably could do it in a relatively responsible way if they were over collateralized loans. Yes. Um, 
But the problem is, is the incentives of the whole. So if it's over collateralized loans, someone gives you, uh, you know, a million dollars worth of Bitcoin and you give them a $500,000 loan and you collect interest off of that. And if the price of Bitcoin falls, you liquidate their loan, you take the Bitcoin from them that you have control over. You pretty much have no risk in that as as the lendee. As the person, you the know, vendor. lending the yeah, lending the fiat to the lending the fiat with the Bitcoin collateral, you don't have that much risk because even if Bitcoin falls, it's super over collateralized. They're giving you more Bitcoin than the actual loan and you sell it. The problem is you don't get as much interest in that situation as the lender. And all these services all want to compete with the highest quote unquote yield number, right? Because the Everyone just wants whatever number is the highest. That's where they're like, going to oh, this, place, this place offers 7%. This place offers 6%. But the other place offers 10%. Like, I'm going to go to the 10%. And it's just a race into the riskiest loans, right? You just like, you start doing uncollateralized loans. You start doing undercollateralized loans. And then you end up in this fucking situation. It's like, oh, I'll, we'll take FTT as collateral. We'll take GBTC as collateral. We'll take your mom's house as collateral. And then <laughs> the whole thing just fucking blows up. Yeah, it's fucked. And this is how they But anyway, personal responsibility. Yeah. On everybody here. You are the yield at the end of the day, freaks. Do not fall prey to the siren call of the yield chasers. Do not be a yield chaser. We had the AI tell us why it's important to stay humble and stack sats. Very articulate. That's amazing. That's amazing. Last thing, maybe just going back to like macro topics and this type of risky lending and under collateralized lending exists in the traditional financial system too. Looks like Credit Suisse is in big trouble. Um, Reuters article came out a couple hours ago. Credit Suisse fund outflows may spark M&A talk from uh, JP Morgan said this. They've had... Um, fourth quarter outflows of 80 billion Swiss francs, which is around $85 billion in wealth management and 107 billion francs in total uh, this year. And so it seems like there's a cascading outflow of funds from Credit Suisse, which is one of the oldest and most reputable banks in the world. So I'm not sure what a failure of Credit Suisse would mean for the rest of the market, but definitely something to keep keep your eyes on, freaks. Probably mean that the bottom's not in. Potentially. <laughs> I, I will say, like, do you think the bottom's in on this recession? I don't know. I would say no. No, it seems like, I mean, it seems I'm like. I'm definitely there's... operating under a long term recession kind of outlook. Yeah, it seems like the layoffs have really just started in earnest. You had Amazon lay off a bunch of people. I know a lot of tech companies, VC-backed tech companies are laying off people. Obviously, we've seen a lot of layoffs in the Bitcoin space as well. Kraken just laid off 30% of their staff. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, we have Greg Tanoski in the comments saying, what's the point of taking over collateralized loan if borrower could just sell just sell?" that Bitcoin instead of taking the loan, um, it's tax, it's tax arbitrage. Yeah. If you sell, you have to pay your cap gains tax. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you, if you take a loan out, you don't have to. So, um, 
anything under that whatever that cap gains rate is uh what is it it's like 25 percent could be short term it's like 30 or 40 percent too right and then long term is 20 or something so i just put the average together um but in 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 uh, sbf's case if you have a closely held ponzi scheme token like ftt you get the extra benefit of not creating sell pressure on your token yes try to artificially pump that price yeah because if you were selling all that ftt then you just wouldn't have had as much money yes quote unquote (laughs) money Neil makes a good comment in regards to the recession. There's talks of a railroad strike here in the U.S. Biden administration is scrambling to find a resolution to that. I think they're trying to, like, forcefully prevent them from striking. I haven't been following too close, but I think that's what I saw on Twitter yesterday. But that could... I didn't know there was a railroad strike. It's, like, mostly freight stuff, right? Yeah, and that would, that would not be good Because no one, like, actually chains. takes the train for, like, going places, right? No. In unless America. You're, unless like, you're in the northeast corridor of Amtrak. I just want a high-speed rail between Nashville and Austin. I would take that all the time. We have this private airline. JSX, like, right? Yeah. We need JSX to add Nashville. It's got Vegas. Yeah. It's got Dallas. It's got Houston. If it has Vegas, I, I would figure like Nashville's not too far. We got a. Do you know who owns it? Is he an Austinite? I don't know, but I, have I think he's a Californian, right? I'm not sure, because they're all they have support all over California when you go to the website, and then like they add Austin because that's where the tech bros come from, San Francisco. Yeah, I've flown once. It was an incredible experience. No TSA. You show up 20 minutes before the. Flight. Yeah, you go through the private, the private terminal, right? Yes. Yeah, I want that badly. I also want airships. But I'd be cool with just high... I mean, I don't know, just... I guess it's more likely to get that than get JSX or something than high-speed rail. But there's something nice about a train. I know. When we go home for Christmas, the wife and I are going to take a day trip up to New York and we will be riding Amtrak from Philly to New York. FTB is is bullish on Hyperloop. I would take a Hyperloop from. Can we just talk about Elon? Like Elon is is is, you know, I'm a Elon fan from the chaos agent point of view, um, but he is filling out the destiny of a super villain very very very, well. Yes. He's got the internet component. He's got tesla he's going for the hyperloop for the transportation he's got space yeah i mean when i said internet i meant starlink not even twitter then he's got twitter now he's gonna fight apple maybe he releases his own phone he's talking about releasing internal twitter communications around potentially interfering with the 2020 election i love the chaos agent aspect of it all but i do wonder he's got norlink coming out Oh yeah, that's like six months. He said Neuralink, right? And yeah. it can cure blindness. Did you did you uh, see that? Yeah, I did see that. Or I did not verify that. I, that I, was just a headline. I saw. I watched a video. He did say that on stage. That it can cure blindness. Yes, you can. Yeah. So Marty Marty's gonna get Neuralink. He's gonna finally be able to see that it's really Bitcoin and not Bitcoins. 
That's actually one of, from a health perspective, one of the things I've been blessed with is perfect sight. Never need glasses, never need contacts. Straight 2020. That's awesome. Yeah, my eyesight's pretty good. My ladies is better. Um, yeah, Norleague freaks oh, me out. Oh, FTB corrected us. First patient in six months, blindness, quote-unquote, eventually. <laughs> I don't like the idea of Norlink. I don't want to chip in my brain. I do wonder if the Neuralink thing is like a little bit of a Theranos bullshit. But we, there will be brain chips soon enough, regardless if this one's Theranos or not. Are you getting chipped? No, of course not. I'm going to be one of the unchipped. Did you ever watch uh, the Black Mirror about the chipped? Yes. They get, like, ostracized from society. I'll be one of the ostracized. That's the problem with all this shit, right? It's like, yeah, these are all personal choices, but it's like when you choose the the privacy sovereignty thing, you're, like, just completely cut off from everybody. Like, you're automatically a pariah. Yeah. Because everyone chooses the convenient path. No one – I mean, not everyone, obviously. Some don't. The majority do. It's super dis, dis, you know, disenfranchising. I don't know, disappointing. I'll ask AI later what I what I feel about it. Disenchanting. <laughs> I don't know. It's very. It's yeah. It is weird. Just gotta stay humble and stack sets. Yes, and go for walks. Go for walks outside. Enjoy nature. That's the thing that worries me about all this AI and. Like hopefully like AI allows us, if I'm going to be hopeful for AI, it's that it allows us to not have to work on mundane tasks and actually get out, explore nature, enjoy nature, and build beautiful things in our physical space. That is my optimistic hope for the future of a world that is disrupted by all this AI. Yeah, but there's going to be like a dozen of us. <laughs> there's a dozen of us. I love that meme. It's my favorite. There are dozens. Dozens. That was a good show. Well, Marty, I'm excited you're coming to Nashville next week. We're going to do an in-person rip, freaks. We'll do a party rip. We've got to think of who's going to join us. We have a good crew coming in. I'd like Jason Reich to join us. Let's do it, Jason. He's awesome. Yeah, maybe just do like a rancher's rip. Right. Yeah, there you go. We already know the title of the rip. Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Rabbit hole recap, 230, rancher's rip. 230, 230 rips? 230. Fucking, that's without AI support. That you freaks know of. If you're listening to this episode 20 years from now, I know it's blowing your mind. Like we did this whole podcast, the last 228 episodes without AI help. I know most of your podcasts nowadays, they all use AI. They all jump in. They have AI hosts. They have AI producers. We didn't, we, we don't do that. We haven't been using that. We're from the olden times. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk to a listener in 20 years, Marty? Hey, listener. Hey. <laughs> hey, future you. Hope you're enjoying life. I hope the world is is peaceful. 
less chaotic, I hope. There's more cooperation. Bitcoin is the world reserve currency. You're healthy. You're happy. You're calling your money sats, not Satoshis. We're aware. Yeah, we know. You're welcome for pushing that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a world in which you would have to say bits. Like Never going to happen. Like an idiot. But yeah, I, I hope you're 20... 42 future freak hope you're living well i hope you're happy hope you have a good family good group of friends you're fulfilled in your life you're chasing your passion hope you're happy we're not piecing out yet we got to reboost the grams okay we'll end it there do you think people are going to listen to this episode in 20 years Certainly an AI is. So future AI, please don't kill us. Humans aren't bad. Humans. <laughs> Top Someone four. Throw that. Someone throw that on a fucking plaque and put it on your wall. Humans aren't bad. Marty Bent. Episode 229. Not all of us. Speaking of episode 229... We've got the top four boostograms from Rabbit Hole Recap. Number 228, DC Gene Genesis getting dragged into the contagion. At Auburn underscore Citadel, 100,000 sats. Sup, spooks? Much love. And he's got like a crying, laughing emoji. Oh, we had a spook by spook thing. Like You're not supposed to call us that. We're spooks now. Yeah. He's got the laughing, crying emoji. I love it. A shit. Appreciate emo- you, freak. Shit emoji in a piece. Uh, you should assume we're all spooks. Just assume yes. everybody's. Don't trust. But also don't like dismiss people's opinions by just saying they're a spook. Like actually engage the ideas. Yes. Unless they call Bitcoin a weapon, then you shouldn't have them on your podcast. Matt, I think we finally made it. We have a uh, we have porn spammers in the. Uh, it's technically the, a dating spammer. Spammer. Yeah, but has XXX. He's definitely a porn spammer, spammer pretending. How did it take us that long? I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty sad. Okay, next boostergram. From, Logan's on it. Get on it. No, that was me. That was not Logan. <laughs> what was that, Logan? He's gonna he's gonna fuck it up if he tries to do it, so I'll do it. <laughs> Second highest boost. I heard him. I could hear him. Second highest boost from Rip two twenty eight at Stimmy sixty nine thousand. Nice four hundred twenty sats. Nice. nice Rip, and I'm super thankful for you guys. Also, Jason Lowry's online behavior is unacceptable for an officer in the U.S. Armed Forces. The fact he's allowed to continue this way is a poor reflection on his chain of command, the state of the military discipline, and evidence he's a bad actor. I've got my own thoughts there, but they've been... Well, I appreciate your support, Freak. They've been exacerbated all week. We have a palindrome boost from at Gunson. 50505 sats, 50,505. Thankful every day for Bitcoin and Bitcoiners. It gives me peace of mind and hope. Great show as always. And then perennial 50,000 sats and sometimes more. Booster at Eric99. Stay humble. Stack sats. Thank you, Great advice. Thank you, Freak.
Thank, thank, thank you all, all the freaks who support the show. Thank all you freaks. Live chat. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, live chat. Thank you, Logan. Thank you, God. Thank you, world. Thank you, wife. Thank you, kids. Be thankful, even though Thanksgiving was last week. We're going to win. The robots oh, aren't going to kill us. There will at least be dozens of, dozens of us who survive. Yes. Love you, freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.